to Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny.com. You are tuned into episode six. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm broadcasting to you live safely beneath the traveler set behind the impenetrable walls of the city. And joining me this week, first up, from an area where the streets are flooded with what was thought to be caused by the calamity that brought forth the downfall of the Golden Age, but it was just the tears of Chicago, Chicago Bears fans. Hearing about the loss of their beloved Brian Urlacher from old huh. Chicago, Patrick Watts. Watts, what's up, dude? The traveler just starts. <laughs> Can't even mess talk. that one up. Can't even talk. I'm so upset. I'm seriously. I'm just. <laughs> but the traveler just saw a shadow, and now the city will have more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, from inside the lunar body, where he recently acquired a rare yet powerful gaming PC. And he's yet to even play anything on it because his girlfriend has hogged it up playing a 10-year-old game with Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, stuck in the moon's hellmouth, Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, dude? Yeah, I've seen <laughs> the future of Destiny and possibly video gaming, and its name is Tiger Man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up from the arid, barren landscape on the red planet, a man who is as tall as a Vex, a Fallen, and a Cabal. All stacked on top of each other. The largest man in the world, camped outside the exclusion zone on Mars, Derek Smith. Derek, what's up, dude? What's, go- what's going on, brother? <laughs> and oh, finally, man. welcome back to Guardian Radio. Joining us from the cold, desolate shares of the lunar Mare, overlooking the Earth-bound remains of the human race from the Tranquility Research Station, otherwise known as San Diego, California, and... Our new permanent co-host on Guardian Radio, Craig Hargrove. Craig, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? What is up, man? It is official, Craig. I love the Watts one. The Watts one was awesome. Yeah, I actually somebody commented and said that I I forget which episode it was. I didn't do one of those funny beginnings. He's like, you know, I promised I was going to do it, and right off the bat, I had already given up on it. So I was like, I got to go back to that. So got to keep doing it. Every week I got to keep coming up. With as long as you things. do something about relating to Chicago and the sports town, yeah, and how they're terrible, and it brings Can't lots down, I'm happy. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and see, actually, for Craig, for Craig now, this was probably the last time I'm gonna hold off on you know, haha, funny with Craig because you know there oh, is some did. news. Oh. There is some news in Craig's. I mean, Craig is now officially on Guardian Radio. So he was our yeah, special guest yeah. last week, and now he is official. So he's right, with I'm, us. I'm ready for it. Bring it. So I got to uh, I got to do some research on Craig. You got a Wikipedia page, Craig, so I can go out there and just kind of. You got anybody at work I can call, or what's your wife? What's your wife's name? I got to look her up so I can call her and get some get, get some dirt. Get some dirt on Craig. Oh man! But guys, this week, did you guys see our community spotlight on Bungie.net? Um, DJ and the crew's awesome. over at Bungie, man. Did a nice little spotlight on us, the Guardians of Destiny, which was very very cool. We appreciate that. 
And if you have not seen that, do yourself a favor, head over to Bungie.net and check it out. Uh, yeah, we're the community focus. And welcome to anybody new to the show listening. We know we did get a lot of new forum goers. A lot more emails started coming in and a bunch of new reviews on iTunes. So uh, everybody you joining picked, us, thank you. Uh, you can pick a good week to join because there's a lot going on this week. <laughs> oh, nothing. Oh my nothing seen, happened uh, this uh, week. It's a terror video on the Bungie thing. Did you guys watch that? The what? Which one? The uh, the video that, that uh, Deej links, the seven minutes of terror, the, the rover. Oh, oh yeah, man, the man. rover, man. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Totally awesome. Absolutely awesome. My son loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. uh, community focus, they had a nice video of the rover coming in. And uh, very, very cool. So definitely check that out. Uh, but before yeah. we get going here, guys, let's do our housekeeping, typical housekeeping here. You know, of course, check out our website, theguardiansofdestiny.com. You can keep in touch with us by sending emails to feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com or on Twitter at Guardians of D. Be sure to check out our forums. Again, the forums are just growing and growing and growing, and the conversations over there are fantastic. And actually, I mentioned it to you earlier, Craig, we had somebody asking us to put a science thread into the forums. Yeah. Um, you know, he was specifically saying, ask Craig if, you know, if you think Craig would think it would be neat. So we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, you know, this That's game awesome. is built around the cosmos. And so, but yeah. it doesn't even have to be about space. I mean, anything, anything science, we'll throw it out over there. So if anybody wants to know, talk over that, we'll get that set up in the forums. Um, and then also if you do listen to the show through iTunes, um, please leave us a nice little rating and possibly a review over there. Um, because we have consistently now week after week been up there, for not only the video game podcast but also the game and hobby podcast and we'd like to stay there so please help us out on itunes and do that if that is the way that you listen to the show so let's do this with our new segment that we like to call dispatches from the traveler dispatches from the traveler all right guys so this week gdc happened and you know Bungie, we knew going in, and I think the mail sack last week, DJ came out and just said, like, don't expect much. You know, this is for developers. Think about who the audience is. You know, our conversation is going to be geared towards people who make video games and not necessarily you, the fans. And DJ, I'm not calling you a liar, buddy, but wow. There was a lot going on in this chat um, that didn't seem that it was just necessarily for developers, but for people like us who are following this game, um, so I don't know where you guys want to begin with this. I mean, I wrote up a nice little rundown, um, that kind of goes through chronologically of the chat. It was a, yeah. almost an hour. It was over 50 minutes. This thing, uh, featured Joseph yeah. Staten and Christopher Barrett. Joseph is one of the writers. Christopher Barrett uh, is one of the head artists for the game. Did a lot of the concept art and that. Um, so where do we want to begin? Do we want to just go through this thing piece by piece? Go piece yeah, by piece. Started, they yeah, start at the beginning. We might as well start. With All that. right, let's do this. Uh, well, in the beginning... Uh, one of the first things they said, and this this whole chat was supposed to be about them creating a new world beyond Halo. Um, and they said that they wanted to – this was their initial goal for the game. They wanted to build a world where they can tell any great story they want, a place millions of people will want to visit again and again for the next 10 years and more. And they wanted to create a world that mattered, a world that needed to last but would be flexible. So what do you think that means? I mean, has there ever been a game like that, a game where – um, you know, that literally lasts and, and, and can be flexible. I mean, there's a lot of MMOs out there and a lot of yeah. game worlds that right. have been created. Has there ever been a right. game that truly has been able to do that? Yeah. Watts yeah. says yeah. yes. What been. game, Watts? Well, if you want to count on MMOs, I know you said 
besides that, but those are the only games that. No, no, no. I'm not saying besides. Last. Like, what MMOs have done that? Truly, EverQuest still coming out with expansions, still expanding the world, True. and adding things Very to cool. it. I, I know uh, we talked about it before, where you got a press release for like their what 18th expansions. Yeah, there's still people that are playing that game, and what WoW's only what been seven years? I think it is six years. About six years. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely going to go ten years because. There's just so many people playing it. So those yeah. those worlds are just vast. Yeah, and but let me ask you this, man: It does is an expansion proving that the world is flexible, or is an expansion saying our world that exists we can't do anything with it? We need to create yeah. more, which is really like what those expansions ideas, are. So, like right. Wrath of well, the Lich King or whatever that is. That's new areas to go and visit. Like kind of what right. I was pulling out of what Staten was saying is like we're just creating the world here and within that world they can go they want to create a world where you, they could go in and change it and like make the, the world of warcraft expansions are basically static additions to the world correct Whereas this sounds like they're building places that will evolve and change over time and right. the really exciting thing to me yeah. is that they want to encourage exploration and make that sort of a reason that you want to come back so mm. that that That's seems to me that, and i mean the real question is what is going to be changing and i, I don't I don't know if they gave us. Maybe it's multiple things, but yeah, no, I think that's and, and, the real interesting thing. Is what would what would change to make you want to come back? So, right, well, so one you don't of the think things, there's going to be. Go ahead, I'm sorry. You don't think there's going to be. You think it's going to be the opposite of what, you know, things like World of Warcraft do with these expansion packs. You don't think there's going to be expansion packs. It's just the universe that they initially come out with is what we're given, and then they adjust that as they go. Personally, I don't that, think they're mutually exclusive. I mean, you could still have an expansion, but it. It's part of the world. I mean, that you that you want to explore, just like everything else. So, just not uh, like something where it's like, oh, it's this undiscovered island has all these pandas in it. Right, like, right. We never knew it before. Right, right. like I, I, I don't. I, I think like any Superman powers. Like, yeah, yeah I think, man, mm-hmm. like any expansions that are going to come out for this are not going to be like another location on Earth. You know, it's going to be getting outside. Right of our galaxy. So like they created earth, everything that's there is going to be there. And one of the things that Barrett said was, you know, there's nothing like being an artist and creating all these art assets. And they mentioned like halo, halo is a game. That's almost like a pipeline. I think is the word that they use where you're, you play as, as master chief, you go through the mission and you never go back. Like you just kind of bypass all those crates, all those assets that they made for that area, go through Uh once. Sure. Some players go back and replay it, but there's never reason to go back to that area right. where they wanted to create a game where you go through, you know, the, the dungeon on Hellmouth or whatever's deep within the Hellmouth on the moon. And for whatever reason, there's a reason at some point to go back there because narratively and story-wise, it makes sense. You mm-hmm. know, like that That's to awesome. me, I think is what they're trying to capture awesome. and, and, and not yeah. just necessarily, Oh, the bosses respawned down in the Hellmouth. Let's go back. Right. It's like no, that the world tokens. something's changed, and that's ambitious as hell. If you think about that, like I, I don't know how you do that. I no. don't know. That's what was, that was my question. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> I don't like, know. like there's people like with uh, I know uh, uh, like in Guild Wars, and the what are they called instances whatever where they have you go through your normal dungeon and then there's three paths that you choose on the next part. So is it just going to be kind of where if you go through one time and then if you go a third time, it's going to be 
three different set choices. That's a that good. Alder? You know, Watts. I never thought of that. That's a good analogy. Yeah, Guild Wars Two. They have the story mode version of the dungeon, and then they have the explorable they, modes. Yeah, and it's still the same area, but it is changing, like what you're doing there. Yeah, but it's a set change. It's not going to be right. I guess flexible is what they say. So that that's up to them how they do it. You know, it's that it's done. It's not done before, but it it's done to a certain path to where when if you go back and want to explore, it's going to be one of these three things. I think what they wanted to say is, and like how you compared it to the pipeline is, when when someone runs through Halo, they're not going to like you said look at a crate. But if they have this flexible thing, it's like a group of you or your buddies are by yourself. You're just like, oh my god, what's what's this cave over here? And then you go, and that's another whole branch of story that might be amazing. And if they could do that, and if it works, it will be amazing and a really unique experience. And something like what they've wanted to do from the beginning is have it to where you want to be in that world and keep right. playing and go back to it. So we'll see how they do it, but. People have done it before, to not to that extent, but we'll see how they do it. Yeah, I feel I mean, like other games kind of do it where it's it's more of like one big game of like land grab or something, and you just have like territories or factions that are fighting over certain areas. That's kind yeah. of the least exciting option to me, but I think it would be one option since we have all these races that are presumably fighting for territory. Yeah. And I mean, they have that mentioned factions awesome. too, and and I think one of the early uh, Vidocs showed like a main menu and it was like story and then it said like faction war or something like that. So that could be yeah. Craig. I mean, that could definitely be something that's in there, but like you said, that's kind of the least interesting. There, there's nothing really narratively happening there. Like that's more just like a multiplayer yeah. thing, you know? And, I mean, one, one of the things that just off the top of my head, I was thinking like, if there are resources in this game of some kind, and I'm assuming there would be other than just money, if there was some changing availability of resources that people could sort of be working towards getting or accumulating that might bring people together, I don't know exactly know how that would work, but it, it sort of gets into if the environment or the landscape is changing and those sorts of things might be more and more interesting way to bring yeah. people together or bring yeah. people back to a place. Or, yeah, just something like that where the walls of the city, it's like, oh, the, the Vex siege one the south wall. So players need to band together for this two days. Need to find this rare, precious metal that's on yeah. Mars or something. Yeah, so yes. most people are going to try to go over there and try to get it and help do the city. So if they don't do it, kind of like in Guild Wars, where like if you don't help the certain quest, a certain things happen to where people want to, I guess, kind of help it. So it, that's I guess might be the flexible part to add on to your idea. It just. That would that would be I guess one way they could do it, but yeah. it'd be cool. Hmm. Interesting, hmm. man. Interesting. Um, let's see. They went on then to discuss the four pillars that they had going into Destiny. And we're gonna he kind of broke these down, but I just want to mention what the four are because that's what they did first. Was uh, first one was that they wanted to create a world, and these are the four pillars of the world. First one that they wanted to create a world that was hopeful and inviting. A world that you you know wanted to keep going back to, uh, basically what we were just discussing. Uh, they want to create one that was an idealized reality. So whenever you were in this world, it you know seemed real, and that it was it it seemed. I, I mean, when you think ideal, it's like this. These are the the way that things are. That's how they should be. And picking our galaxy is like the perfect place because it's things that we're all familiar with. 
Um, so that right. itself is a, a perfect idealized reality. Um, they wanted the world to be filled with mystery and adventure. So obviously they, you need to have things to do and things need to be intriguing yeah. for you to get into that world. Um, and then they also wanted it to be a world where you can become a legend. And one of the neat things, and we'll talk about it as we get a little bit further on, but just kind of throw out there, was how, you know, for them, they've always made a game where everybody played Master Chief. Everybody was this one hero. And with right. this game, everybody is going to be their own legend, their own hero. And how do you create a world where you have it just filled with all these heroes? And that was just a massive hurdle from that for them. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit later when he got onto that. Um, so let's start where they did with the hopeful and inviting. And one of the neat thing here was they started pulling up all these concept pieces early, early on. And I remember years ago people discussing that or there being rumors that Bungie was working on this fantasy MMO. I want to say there was even some sort of video of uh, uh, like a third-person video of a character kind of jumping around. People said, oh, is that from, is that from Bungie? Uh, it began as a fantasy world. They loved the idea of creating a world with history and legends that could be told within that world. And that it was a nice change of pace from Halo. Um, you know, and could you guys just imagine, like, if Bungie went that route? Like, what would the fans, the true Bungie fans, like, what would their feedback have been to medieval, a medieval game <laughs> from, I mean, they did myth, right? I mean, isn't yeah. myth their early game? Yeah. That was kind of that route, but to have Halo yeah, really be the game that people know the Bungie right. name for. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the majority of people would have been excited. Uh, you think so? I don't. I, yeah. I think the majority of people would have been like, they want, I still think the majority of people want Halo. I think it's people like <clears throat> a small, well, a smaller amount of people want something fresh and new. That totally would have been <clears throat> fresh and new from their point of view. Um, I would have been intrigued, but I, I, what I liked best was how they're incorporating that. Like it's it's futuristic, yet it's way back in Roman days. At the same time, it kind of felt like. So it seems like they're just grabbing from every possible era they can get their hands on and kind of like mashing it all together. That's yeah. the Kind of like what I got out of what they were saying. All, all the different artists that they grabbed from and just the different time periods that they grabbed from. Just how they're pulling this all together is really, really intriguing to me anyway. Yeah. yeah. I believe that if they went from that first perspective that they were looking at as far as, you know, I remember the piece of artwork they had would have the tents and things did seem very known and uh, of our past but yet futuristic you know i love the piece where the gun's sitting there in this very known universe but this weapon is from the future it's like wow that marriage together is very sexy i do believe that whatever direction bungie would have taken we as you know gaming junkies you know insatiable about anything that comes from like the known the likes of a bungie we would have been excited because halo is a very successful franchise you know, the, the the idea that they're now, you know, have a 10-year exclusive deal with Activision and they don't know what it is, <laughs> not to not to say that, not to offend gamers, but if Bungie would have said, we're creating a game and the protagonist is a styrofoam cup, <laughs> I, I seriously believe we would have been like, oh my God, this <laughs> is going to be amazing. amazing. Oh my God, yeah. Because I, 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 I would have, you know what I mean? I, I really would have. So yeah. thank God it's this. I'll just say that. Well, I think what's, in what's interesting, man, when you look at <laughs> <Yeah>. the... <laughs> so exactly. freaking cool. <laughs> when you look at the fantasy aspect, and, and this bleeds in everything that we've... It bleeds into everything that we know about the game up to this point, and it was interesting to hear this, because 
there it seems like early on they got so stuck on creating like this ancient history you know this ancient lore and that i think is what drew them to the fantasy i mean he mentioned that that they they love the idea of creating a world that had this lush history filled with all these legends of not only just people but legends of beasts and questing and all this stuff and that kind of led them back to their initial path of sci-fi and you know after many iterations they just started asking themselves like well can we actually blend the sci-fi with the fantasy and mm-hmm. you know initially that's what they kind of set out to do and they created this sci-fi world that has an ancient history and honestly i was trying to think today um kind of knowing going into the show like i don't know if anything else has ever really done that i think the closest thing you could say is like i guess star wars kind of did that right i mean th- there yeah. is this history yeah. of the jedi and the sith but it doesn't seem like it's on this level where there's these broken ruins and broken down areas where there's tombs buried beneath with treasure and i mean that's blue gold a very yeah Yeah. it's a very neat concept they actually had a name for it right didn't they call it mythic science fiction or something like that yep yeah right right when you look at the star wars i mean of course uh watts on a year of star wars like head when you look at uh, it's funny when you said mention star wars mark i thought about luke when he was spending his time with obi-wan and how when you look at the garments they would wear and some of the locales their clothing and everything wasn't sci-fi. It wasn't sci-fi. What was sci-fi was the fact that they're telling you that this is from a galaxy far, far away. You know what I mean? And right. some of the weaponry and things like that. But the the way it was presented, you totally can see where Destiny is going with this. They're bar. They're, they are borrowing from one Star Wars uh, to bring in a sci-fi yet fantasy affair together uh, with all of the other. Oh my God! Amazing influences that I'm like, really. That just makes it so unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You think of like the Ewoks and the Force Boot of Endor. <laughs> they beat yeah, the Stormtroopers exactly. with sticks. Come on, people. Like, <laughs> it can happen. Really? And yeah. like the little guy could win. That's what that's what we gotta take away from Star Wars over time. I think there were steel rods <laughs> in those sticks, Watts. I don't think that was <laughs> <laughs> But you mentioned that shot of the blue gold. Chris, you said the blue gold, and Derek, you mentioned like that tomb where there's this assault rifle and I think Barrett, he mentioned oh, that. He God. showed this, like, fantasy ruins, like these castles. And he's like, when you see an image of that all broken down and busted, you w- you want to know what's beneath that. And so they created this concept yeah, art right. of this piece where there's these skulls and there's, like, this altar, essentially. And then there's this blue – they almost look like little cubes. I mean, they refer to it as, like, blue gold. But it's, like, shining in this area. And you see almost like this um, – it almost looks like a, a mini traveler, like the sphere that has lights glowing from it. But then set upon that is an assault rifle. And your first uh-huh. instinct is that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> right. But then in the same exactly. sense, it's like, but that's it's genius. Awesome. It's awesome. so <laughs> awesome. Like that, that is what, that, I mean, to me, when I saw that piece, that's where like destiny clicks. It's like, oh, okay, that's what they're going for. Yeah. Here. They're definitely <clears throat> going that ancient history route in the sci-fi. And, you know, honestly, like I said, I I guess the best analogy I could think of is like Star Wars, but it doesn't, it seems like they're even going more ancient, you know, where it's like, it's like Star Wars, like mixed with like Lord of the Rings almost. Yeah. Great example. Or it's like, dude, or it's like Star Wars, but like what, what we think of present day of Star Wars, like episode four five and six and all that add on like 50,000 years to those dates. That's when this is taking place, like way ahead. That's what it seems like almost, that it's just taking way past 
you know, all that time. It's it's. Or it could be fifty thousand years, like way behind us, or fifty million years way behind us. Yeah, could be either or. It's just it's just it's just a, a <laughs> completely like made up genre that nobody's ever done. It's yep. Exciting, man. And you know, one of the things that they did was they wanted to create a postcard for the artist because you got to think at this time they had people coming off Reach. <clears throat> this was shortly, you know, after Reach was finishing up, so they had this massive team coming on, and to kind of convey it, um, they needed to come out and they mentioned it multiple times these quote unquote postcards that were basically concept art that they were showing to um, their their artists and the rest of the team to kind of convey what this was. And one of the first ones they came up with, and it was one of the early pictures that we had seen um was that picture where you see kind of like a ship in the background and you see what looks like like two guardians in the front one has binoculars kind of pulled up and you see that tiger and he he kind of chuckles and says the space tiger you know sitting there that that to them basically defined destiny like when they think of that initial piece of destiny or the initial concept that's the picture that they go back to it's that marriage of fantasy and sci-fi. I mean, honestly, like, if you want to create the most epic thing possible, you pick a genre that's, you know, got all of this ancient lore and kings and all this stuff, which is fantasy, and you combine that with a genre that's all about the future and space battles and the just crazy huge nature of space and how we want to explore it, and you have basically the, the best story possible, like, you know, you have all of this crazy epic stuff that you can tell stories in. So I, yep. it makes total sense to combine those two. Yep. So. And the wild thing too, man, is all this really, you know, we, and I mean, he did say it, that it's a world that they want to tell stories in, but it's like, they're creating a game where all that stuff is going to exist. And then players are going to come in and create their own stories. Fan like, fiction. That's just, <laughs> well, that, that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, uh, topic but i mean you know we're, we're going to be creating these characters where we live out our story and our every our day-to-day things that we do in the game that's our story right. that's us creating our stories i mean that's just you know the, the setting that they're building with this is just ridiculous how um, do they do it and then he wanted to say too that they want to create a center of the world and they show initially this um, big city where you see like uh castles in the background and this is going back to the fantasy side of things and they had a couple shots of like in the town, and you see kind of like the sp- sprawling streets, very uh, fantasy um, s type of thing. But they knew that that wasn't exactly what they wanted to do, so they kind of came up with the idea of creating the last safe city on Earth, and what would that look like? And they came to an image that kind of looked like the Death Star um, initially. What you see, what you see, it's kind of breaking apart. There's ships flying into it, and then finally they settled down the one image of the traveler sitting above the Earth that is actually the the main page of our website. Uh, TheGuardiansDestiny.com, shameless plug right there. Um, that exact concept art, and you see the traveler sitting above the earth, but the clouds kind of pushed away. And mm-hmm. right there, they were like, "Okay, well, that's that's it. That's our center. You know, the center is going to be Earth." Which to them, they kind of settled on, and that made sense to have it be that because you know, again, that idealized reality. Like we all know that, like we all know that area. Of, of earth and to put a safe city on so. there they built walls <laughs> yeah built walls around it and uh just kind of took it from there um and then you know of course they showed that image to uh, all the team and everybody was just all about it so you know I, I don't know what do you guys think about uh i guess kind of the creative process and how they didn't necessarily sit out with the story it seems like a lot of the story was built around these pieces you know they were able to actually take the time <laughs> Activision gave them the time to kind of say, hey, 
Let's uh, build this world, you know, and um, see what happens. And that's kind of what they did first before they focused on story. Which for me personally, when I think of a video game, I mean, and maybe it's because this is more of a multiplayer game. So the world needs to be the focus. But I think if I was to sit down to write a game, I would think more of the story first. You know? Yeah, but you, yeah, I completely agree with that. But when you think about something like this, you, the best, the best things that come out of something are the ones that you don't expect. So, and I think that's what they kind of came across is where they, um, I probably would do the same thing, like I'll write the story and then do this. But like the best way for creative process is to give seeds and just creativity do its job and that's what's great about it and build off that with with those postcards and everything like that is that's what's the great thing about it so you have these set pieces like destiny like the travelers just chill there above earth there's so much that writers and directors or whoever whomever works for bungie can get has that seed and works on that and evolves on that and stuff that's not expected and i know i guarantee you if if i wrote it It'd be totally, completely different, but when you combine those two, it's amazing. And the, the, the thing with just having grand, I guess, like, structures or landmarks or bookmarks or whatever you want to call it, those are the focus, and the things that come after that are unexpected as stories are the great thing. And that's what's really, I think, is going to make it successful. And I think the creators do that when they are doing it. Basing off that pipeline where you were talking about how you can't really... I guess have an engaging story when it's just a set thing where it's, it's going to go one way, but this is just, it's open and that's, what's really awesome. And none of it to me, like seems rushed. None of it. Yeah. Like right. they, 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 they had a kind of an idea what they wanted to do, but obviously you can, they didn't get too much into what they were creating before they came up with destiny, which I always like stuff like that. Like I kind of want to know what, what kind of came together and then just fell apart, but that's just me. But I just feel like everything like they they have time and it kinda I kinda laughed when you mentioned Activision, like Activision likes pumping out stuff like nobody's business and they're they're kinda giving <laughs> Bungie right. they're giving them, you know, carpal launch to do whatever they want and, and, and right. this is what we get. It's like a lot of people can learn from this. A lot of people don't have the money Bungie has, but um even when I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but when they were talking about um like, you know, Tiger Man and him basically not making the cut, you have this massive game, and you could have just thrown him in there somewhere. It right. didn't matter. And then you just put him anywhere you want, and it could have been it, it could have been in, insignificant and not really mean anything, and just have him in the game for, you know, shits and giggles or whatever, and go on with the game. But they didn't. Like, no, he doesn't fit in this world, so even though he's freaking awesome and he's a tiger that wears a suit, we're uh, we're not going to put amazing. By the way, so I just feel like, what's up? I said that picture's amazing. By the way, Tiger Man. It's in the awesome, suit. man. He's I love that. <laughs> it's great. It's great. But uh, they just were, they're just really like planning out every single detail in a in godly huge world that is uh, mind boggling to me. So it's just it's yeah. unlike any game I've I've followed that's that's coming out. Yeah. So they're doing, uh, and obviously it's not done. So who knows what they got coming up next, but it's it's crazy. I believe it seems quite obvious that, you know, as you're speaking, as everyone's giving their, their, their two cents, I'm looking at these concept arts and images, and it, it 
I can't see Bungie or whoever they hired as the writer for because I don't believe one person can write this. This I don't believe one person can do. I know there's one person that takes the head and he's, um, he's the director of the direction that the narrative is going to go. But I believe there's various writers looking at this concept art. The the it this just squeezes your brain and just oozes out imagination. So whatever one writes, that was let's say the initial direction they wanted to go with the narrative for this game. It had to change, and then I believe Bungie came to a point where they said, you know what, this will be, as we're hearing today, an ever-evolving narrative. Because you, how do you give this an ending? Yeah. That, that I, I would guarantee, is not even, they haven't even neared that yet. They may have, I doubt it, because there's so much you can do, and looking at their ambitions on how they want to engage the player, how they want you to have a wonderful story. Their pedigree says they want to tell a great story. Because of Halo. You know, those Halo novels were amazing. How do you take all of those wonderful experiences from the novel experience and the great gameplay experience of Halo, marry those two together, and then come up with another whole new view and mindset of scale and vastness and our solar system and make a story that is just as tangible as the gameplay? I don't believe that's something that's been done. That 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 topic sentence has not has not been met yet. Trust me, yeah. not at all. Yep. So, so I have a question, Chris. Yeah. You brought up Tiger Man. Can, can we talk about Tiger Man now? Uh, yeah, we can. <laughs> Why not? Because you know what? We're we're gonna get into. Uh, they did mention some of the races, and he was the fourth. But let's do it. Let's talk about Tiger Man. That's oh, later on. But go yeah. ahead. I, I just want I just want to throw this out there. Do, do you guys think they were serious about Tiger Man? Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. No? I, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> I think they were. I think there's a lot more of Tiger Man. I think there's a lot more of, of characters like Tiger Man that they came up with that. So, are, so let me throw this like out. It. He was wearing a tie, right? Thank so, you. I mean. Yeah. And a suit. And a <laughs> well, but yeah, but, but listen, though, that, that was that like, they showed that initial concept art of quote unquote Tiger Man, and he wasn't. Like, he was just a guy, kind of in armor, and that. And then they said that led us to. They they mentioned they cut him and then he said that led us to and then that's when they showed the image of Tiger Man and the tie. So mm. I think it was kind of like a, it, by by the time the tie Tiger Man came out, it was an internal joke. I mean, they were just <laughs> oh, God. yeah, yeah. yeah. some yeah. businessman, you know, washed up angry <laughs> vacuum cleaner salesman. You, Tiger Man came around. Yeah, do you think the Tiger Man was like the Harlem Shake of uh, Bungie Office? He was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, he definitely God. was. But, you know, it made sense. I mean, think about it. Of the races, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later on, but the three that made the cut, uh, a, a animal-type race works, you know, or, or would, would at least somewhat fit in with that mindset. But then, like, once they were trying to build it in, they're just like, nah, this this just does not work. Because of the three races they chose, they all still are somewhat human in a sense, or, or at least, I mean, the Exo... We don't know too much about the X or what's necessarily under the hood in some of those because they do mention Master Chief as one of the uh, inspirations. And we know Master Chief is right. at least somewhat human. You know, he has all these augmentations and all that to him, but he still was originally human. We don't know if the XO is that. But, you know, when it comes to Tiger Man, I mean, that's just a straight up alien, basically, right? I mean, he would just be an alien yeah. race that would be amongst everybody's in beast form. He would be. Who wears a suit and a tie? Yeah, yeah. He would have went throughout of like Jar Jar Binks, like just a terrible <laughs> creation. That was a horrible character. Oh my god! Uh, 
That would be, yeah, that'd be the ultimate joke on everybody, that that race. What is Jar Jar Binks, Watts? What's his race? Gungans. Gungan. Gungan. The Gungans have made the game. Horrible. Uh, let's oh. see. The next pillar, then. They moved down there to the next pillar of the idealized reality. And this is where they kind of went into the different um, influences that they had for the game. And they go on to mention they looked at uh, things like Westerns, and they looked at certain movies like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Stalker. Um, they looked at things like Time Bandits, which was a movie that was out, and they showed an actual star map or, or this ancient-looking map, and they loved the idea that you have this map that looks so old, but there's star systems in that on the map and not like what we would think of just a typical map of a planet or of Earth. You know, I mean, that's the most familiar um, equal that we can think of. Um, then they also mentioned certain artic- artists like Bakinski and Peter Grick. Are you guys familiar with those guys? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Not that culture. Not that culture. <laughs> That's kind of where I was at a lot of these. But it's cool to see yeah. the names, right? Peter Grick. <laughs> and uh, the art they showed did look very good. So you can kind of see where some of that was coming from. And then they do mention Japanese anime and how they look there, uh-huh. kind of like the mech suits and kind of capes. And, uh, you know, the, yeah. the way that that animation flows, I kind of wanted to throw that um, into some of the game. Um, and then from there, we got to see some pretty neat concept art. They showed the Black Garden on Venus. Um, which is kind of awesome. you can see there's like these cracks in the ground but there's still like this luscious foliage going on it looks like almost flowers and then in the background you see this massive plateau again with the green and all that on it uh, new area of mars was shown the dead forest on mars which um craig has curiosity found the black forest yeah, or the, the dead no forest. the dead forest we're, we're still looking for that you're still looking yeah. for that all right <laughs> Um, and we also saw a shot of some black onyx pyramids, um, these ships, these pyramids shooting beams down that we'll get to a little bit later. He said every game. Yeah. He, I think Christopher Barrett, he said every game needs to have these mysterious black onyx spaceships and not much is known about exactly, um, what those are. Um, and then that was pretty much it for the idealized reality. I mean, they didn't really go much more other than just their influences. So... What do you guys think about I mean, the influence? That part was really thing. interesting to me. Just the you know that they're changing the planets, which you know they kind of have to do to make them desirable to visit on some level. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, the, if you were to really make it real, to actually go down to Venus, it's like 800 degrees at the surface. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. you know, you'd have to go in, a, in the the pressure is like being at the bottom of the ocean. So you have to go in a submarine and all this stuff. So it's it's cool that they actually change it, and there's this, you know, there are gardens and things like that. So it it kind of on on one level, I felt like, oh yeah, I guess I should probably lay off, you know, emphasizing how cool it would be to have real <laughs> geology in this game, but. <laughs> Uh, at the same time, I think it's awesome that they're taking that creative license to to make these places desirable to go and visit and have these cool things on them. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. almost wonder narratively, like, how are they going to explain that? Like, was that part of the golden age of humanity? Well, Were we able to go well, and create these biospheres or, you know, did somebody go into Mars and create this lush forest and then some cataclysm happened and now it's the dead forest yeah. you know we can see these yeah, birds well, i mean there's literally i'm looking at it right now there's like birds flying in the background and the dead forest of mars how are there birds flying on mars <laughs> dude that have you ever real. seen what, what's that movie uh total recall the, the first one yeah, they, they had that alien animals. technology and it, it made uh mars have an atmosphere <laughs> Exactly. that's right yeah <laughs> yeah mark <laughs> that's what i was thinking right away it's like boom total recall <laughs> <Get> oxygen <laughs> 
<laughs> you think of that, and I thought of three boobs is kind of where it went. So yeah, that's, that's where I went to. <laughs> I guess we have different priorities. <laughs> I, I, I care more about the atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, you would, but yeah. So I, you know, narratively, they're gonna have to explain that somehow, and I think that's definitely gonna be neat. You know, to hear how they they go about doing that, and that would be my guess is it's got to be something to do with the golden age. You know, that somehow we branched out to these planets and were able to make them habitable. Because that's cool. Where we're right. sitting right now, we cannot go live on Mars. Like, we have no way to really go do that. Uh, to, to live like the concept art is, is showing here. Um, yeah. Let's see. The next one they talked about, the next pillar for their world was mystery and adventure. And Staten describes a nice little scenario like only he can. And you can hear as he's describing this kind of his writer influence um, kind of bleeding through. And I'm going to try and do my best Joseph Staten impression here, if that's cool. Like I, I quoted this. He's talking about the surface of the moon. And um, he says, you're, you're exploring an abandoned moon base on the moon, which is kind of hilarious here, a moon base on the moon. And you notice fissures in the ground that have flickering lights and seeping gases. Then imagine following one of these fissures and coming upon a giant alien hellmouth cracking the lunar surface. Then imagine taking a treacherous path that takes you even deeper into the heart of a hidden fortress where Dark Army dreams of conquest and corruption. He says we're not allowed to talk about that yet. So, Damn you. You know, he's describing this, this area, the hellmouth that we've seen images of before where Chris is actually stationed right now broadcasting to us um, with his gaming PC that he found down there. Um, yeah. But, you know, the way he's describing it, of these flickering lights and seeping gases and that it's this area that is so mysterious. And, I mean, you just mentioned it earlier, Craig, about just the exploration side, Craig, you know, how, how we're, we're exploring um, this universe. And that's what I want to do. I mean, just imagine looking at the moon and you really – it's the moon, right? It's barren. There's nothing there. But only to find that there's this base hidden beneath and they actually showed concept art when he mentions this dark army you see this hidden fortress and it looks there's like a light there's a center to it there's uh, like pathways that kind of go down there and in the very front of the picture you see almost some sort of guardian or a character pointing at it there's very small in the picture um almost pointing almost like a gun at it and you know to be able to explore and do that um what do you guys think of that like kind of his description of this moon base of the hellmouth it's awesome. It's like exactly what I would want. There was that one movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was one of those like, uh, you know, documentary style movies where they, I think it was like Apollo 19, I want to say, something like that. Oh, where there's like and something attacks like them the, on the moon? Like the moon rocks. Like the moon rocks turn into like creatures basically and like attack them. Like that's just to me, like the movie kind of got panned and everything, but I thought that was cool. That's a different take. Like whenever you see these movies going to the moon, it's all like, like beautiful, like orchestral music and everything. And like, Oh, the, the moon is so like peaceful. It's like, <laughs> no man, that son of a bitch might be like out to get you. And there could be like deep depths there that we haven't seen before. Like, and I want to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Go down there and see what is down there, man. And what they're doing. They're, like, thinking outside the box. Yep. What's up? I said, yeah, you want to go down there and take that stuff on, yeah, you know? Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think about the other planets um, that they would be offering the same. I shouldn't say the same, <clears throat> but an, a, a different scenario of excitement as well. So I'm thinking, of course, I'm looking at the Mars picture here, this hell gap, hell mouth gap. I'm like, wow, just going down, it seems very sinister. How far does it go? Does it go to the center of Mars? I don't know. 
or the moon or wherever. You know, that's the things I think about. And then will there be other examples like that on other planets? How will that? How will those experiences be? Because I'm thinking, you know, as a developer, you're trying to outdo yourself, you know, and I, in, in small pockets of your development cycle of a certain project. And I'm thinking, are they trying to out? Will they? Will they? Will Bungie try to outdo that? on the other planets, you know, and just look at this Hellmouth, I'm like, dude, going down there, what's that like? Will that be literally like a two-week visit? Literally, you go down yeah. to the bottom of that, getting out of that, it's like, <laughs> like, what's that movie called? Um, It's a movie with Antonio Banderas, The 13th Warrior, when they go down and they kill these cannibals. Well, they go down into into this cave where these people think they're bears, but they eat humans. So imagine you going into this Hellmouth, and then getting out, it's like you're fighting this race, like Chris is you know, talking about when you get there, it's like, well, this is not, this is, there is no nice music, sexy music here, okay? <laughs> this is heart pounding. Dude, I need an ammo clip. Let's get the crap out of here. But it's, it's, to, the, it's to the point where it's, it's, it's long and arduous yeah, like, and just like, whoa, you know. Like, that's like what you I said, Derek, think about. like if I go down there, like how long can I play the game for while I'm down there? Ugh. You know Dude. what I mean? Is that just a whole world yeah. where I can just camp out there for, Weeks or months, or is it just like one little quick mission, or like what can I do down there? Can and I and see a majority of the game down there. Like that's that, the that makes and, and see that <laughs> makes that makes Destiny like nothing else because if 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 we can go down there and and we have this unbelievable experience, almost like you're submerged completely underwater, you've held your breath to the last minute. Once you come out of it, it's like. Oh my God! I gotta put the controller down for at least a day. But then you have all of this whole yeah. solar, solar system to experience. You're like, oh, dude, this game is just so out. I won't buy another game for months. You know, yes, exactly. <laughs> There's just so much to fill your appetite. Sounds yeah. good. Excited. I'll just go down there and be like, get out of my moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, like, you why are you in my it. moon? Yeah. Not my moon. <laughs> well, Derek, it's it's funny, man. You mentioned that, like, you know, I'll never buy a game again. And like, the more and more I hear about this game and how this game is going to evolve in that, it's like wh- that. That's basically what what they're doing. They're trying to create a game that you will never have another reason to play another game. They want to make you. And here's a quote from Satan. I love this quote. I I wrote it down. He says, "We weren't just trying to create a world like Halo." Your typical eight to ten hour standard shooter campaign. We were setting out to create a big living world that evolved over time. A world that drew you back again and again, you know, week to week, year to year. So you're just always going back. And I mean, Chris, like you were saying, you if you can go into the moon and just spend time, tons and tons of time there, because there's tons to see, tons to collect, tons to fight. I mean, and with multiple areas throughout the galaxy and, you know, yeah. the idea of exploration and trying to find other areas like that. Yeah. I, I mean, you're just going to you know be what? captivated by this game. It it would ruin purchases for me it, 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 as I think about it more and more because, you know, it is a shooter, but among other things, it's almost like this vast redwood tree and the shooting part of it is just one branch with all these other branches and then extra leaves and fruits that we could partake in, yet... Let's say we purchase Destiny, and we're literally, what, three weeks into this game, and then another game is dropping that happens to only be a genre of one kind. You know, I don't believe Destiny is just a – it has a yet a set uh, genre name to it, right? Um, but let's say a wonderful shooter comes out or whatever, and an MMO. If you're in Destiny and you're, like, two months into the game, you haven't – finished Destiny, so to speak, because you can't finish Destiny, 
it, it's almost like every time I go in, I get a new experience. I, I have a new rush. I have I have a new sense of, of of tranquility because I'm just out in an area where it's a bit safe and I'm enjoying that. It's always evolving. Uh, what I'm hoping is that it really creates like Halo. You know, Halo hit the console and then we see all these other shooters come out to try to, you know, grab that excitement. I really hope that this births that new revolution in gaming. And that's what it sounds like because just this vast exploration that's that's extremely meaningful. I can be spending I can I personally will be spending months, not hours, in that experience. Yeah. Just in the hellbound. I mean, that, that's crazy. <laughs> And the and the solar system, I mean, oh my god, man, it's this is really just <laughs> mind blowing. It's ridiculous. Um, they also said that with some of the concept pieces and that they, they kind of moved down beyond that uh, description of the Hellmouth. But they wanted to show nature ascendant over lost human civilization, and they showed this buried city on Mars, and you can see these um, buildings and that, and there's just sand and, and rock and all that put over the city. Um, and then they went on there to show a video of their new engine, the Grognock, um, piecing together the moon base. So what do you guys think of that video? I mean, you see at the end of the video, you actually can see what this setting is going to look like. And we've seen it before. I think the PlayStation 4 event had like a sniper rifle kind of moving towards the same moon base. And you see the lighting effects that kind of show like the, um, passage of the sun kind of casting Uh over and you see the shadows and that it looks gorgeous. I mean, absolutely right. gorgeous. But seeing them know. piece it together um, was very neat. But what were you going to say, Greg? Where do we get a copy of Grognock? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to know. How <laughs> <laughs> do you I look at it? building amazing planetary landscapes with that thing tomorrow. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it looks very simple, right? Very easy. I mean, just, you know. He's, it looks like he's just dragging yeah. and pasting the yeah. rocks on the ground. Very simple. Waving your hand around and just, yeah, making layers of rocks yeah. and... Making it look cool. It's probably better with Connect too. Probably better with. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> I was actually gonna say Wii mode. Yeah, but... terrible. <laughs> That's so cold. No, it's not coming to the Wii U, Watts. This game's not coming to the Wii U. So yeah, nope. unfortunately. No. Darn. Um, and then they, you know, one of the hurdles was then that they needed to populate this world. So it seemed like at this point, you know, in their development, they were pretty well set on the world. Kind of knew the direction for where they wanted to take it. And they knew that they wanted us to be characters in this world, but they didn't have anything else. So they needed to populate it. So they created this color palette of um, these five different colors. I'm actually going to pull this up right now. So they had red, blue, gray, green, and yellow. And they created these five races. And when you look at it, it's basically the races we've seen. you got the Vex. you got the Fallen. you got the Cabal. Um, they've confirmed the Hive are the um, kind of the zombie race we've heard the space zombies mentioned before and seen that in some of the concept art and then this mysterious fifth race and we see the image of the pyramids again in here and we mentioned that concept art piece earlier on with these black onyx pyramid ships um, kind of floating over so let's talk about I guess he he mentioned some things about in the green race, which is the hive. Um, when they're kind of talking about that, they mentioned that you see this light coming out of one of their heads, and and they then go on to talk about what that is. And Christopher Barrett said, "Well, maybe it's a soul kind of ripping out of the body, uh, just rip busting out of the head." And yes. then they kind of went on this whole idea of state and said he kind of tried to scientifically describe that of what it is. It's not necessarily a soul cool. and kind of going and all that. <laughs> what would you say? 
I said it was pretty cool. Like how they survived off like the Nobel gases. And <laughs> yeah, Nobel gases. Yeah, all that. And, all that. and then like when he shot it, that's like how it released. And it's yeah, I like that. I like that better than the souls. But, and then in the end, Barrett just goes. So you mean it's a soul? Like it, it's a soul ripping out of his head. <laughs> Staten's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. That, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Um, so we know somehow. I guess you could assume then that the hive are going to have these souls busting out of their bodies, um, kind of based off this concept art. Um, then they show that you know with the vex, they have this fan shaped head, the single red eye, and they actually at this point started showing us some true concept art, and you can see the evolution of the vex and how they started out as these simple concept pieces. And busted into you know what we see from all the concept art now. Um, again, that fan head shape, the single red eye, right. and they have like a hammered brass look. But then they got back into the hive, and and he mentioned that they are undead royalty. That they like the idea of having this zombie race, the space zombie race, and and some sort of royalty to it. And the image that they show, you see this what looks like a typical zombie, kind of in the in the front of the picture but then in the background you see one kind of wearing this red flowing cloak that looks like i guess what you would think right. of as a royal zombie um so there's something to this race that is unlike any zombies we've ever seen before they mentioned that they're dr- a dry flaking zombies with ancient armor crusted into their skin and there's a lot of like medieval and fantasy influences going along with them so have we ever had zombies represented that way i mean zombies they Never. were the hot thing i mean they're still pretty hot Right now, right? I mean, zombies are in a lot of pieces yeah. of uh, sure. entertainment. Oh, very popular. But, sure. Um, yeah, they're getting not represented like this, right? Nothing like this. And zombies have never been considered, I would say, sophisticated, if that makes any sense. Looking at this picture here, this zombie looks like <laughs> the zombie pimp. I mean, I mean, this guy <laughs> here, dude, he has the royal. I mean, royalty is normally in the form of the color purple, but being that he's a zombie, the red makes sense. Um, and then it has this gaseous effect going on, which is like, wow, any other type of life form would not kind of mix in with them. You can maybe pass out and die or suffocate. But I've never seen a zombie done to this type of fanfare. I mean, it's an elegant zombie. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. And it, and it draws off the uh, the old medieval aspect where, like, um, kind of like you have, like, an undead king. Kind of like in uh, Diablo mm. 3. Yeah. To where the Lord of the Rings. What's his name? Yeah, or even Lord of the Rings, where you have like the Lich Kings where like they're like the royalty. They're the ones that either draw their power from the their little underlings that they control or mm-hmm. type of thing. And you put that in space and I'm sold, dude. And so so I all, awesome. yeah. I get so nerdied yeah. up when it's uh into all this stuff. But yeah, give me but, space but, royalty. I think the word zombie was used probably just in reference to the way they look and maybe in how they move and the mo- in, in their motion is, I think. But I, but just looking at this concept of art, I think there is a a, a, a a sophistication to their ranks. I think there's an understanding. There's a there's, right. a, there's a language there. They, you know what I'm saying? And zombies are just brainish. Like well, know, he, un- used, un- yeah, he used the phrase that they wanted it to look like a zombie but feel alien was a quote. Yeah. It's like a caste right. system. It's There's like actually alien caste system. Exactly. Even some of that concept yeah. art. If you're before peasant, you become a zombie to the royalty. That's what happens. Right. Before they showed this concept <laughs> art, they showed a brief one. They showed a brief one, and there was one of the hive had a gun in its hands. So 
Okay. Possibly. Yeah, and then that's... if you look if you look at Derek, I mean, I don't know if you're looking at it right now. I am. I'm right, right next now. to the royal one. One of them has four arms. And the fallen have four arms. Oh, so yeah. is is right that left? Uh-huh. Is that like a wild? Well, What's there may be there? different mutated forms of them. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it just, it just sounds a lot like the flood, right? Uh Yeah. From Halo. Yeah, Which, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we talk about the video they showed, that's kind of the first thing that came to mind to me when they showed the hive. Um, and then let's talk about Pillar 4, the fourth pillar of the world. They wanted players to become a legend. And Joseph said this was pretty much the biggest challenge, the one that hit them right in the face right in the beginning, was how do you create a world where everyone plays a single character like the Master Chief to a game where everyone plays their own character and creates their own legend? And... Um, you know, I kind of question to you guys, has any game ever done that? I mean, Watts, I know you're a huge Old Republic fan, and that was one of the initial pieces was it's your story. You get to live this epic story and be your Jedi master. But then the problem was there were so many other Jedi masters doing the same quest and doing the same thing. You know, has, has any game achieved that where people have actually been able to go in and create their own legend? Rather than just well, be the same as everybody else. When you say legend, create your own legend, I think that has a, I think there's a lot to that. Um, sure, there have been games that have allowed you to rank up and maybe put some decals on your character and say, "Ooh, wow, look at me." But I don't believe, you know. And again, please forgive me. You know, my MMO experience is is not vast at all. Um, so I've never played the World of Warcraft, what have you. Uh, but even looking at those games, it doesn't appear as though you're able to take a character, and he's your character. He's he he's your character. He or she is your character, and you go out and you experience a campaign, a narrative, and you do these amazing exploits. What makes you legendary is not that you played and you acquired something because of the time you spent in it. Okay, anyone can do that. What makes you legend, in my opinion, is is you've done some exploits that are amazing. In fact, when you look at the end of Halo Four, when he comes back right before he takes his helmet off. I mean, as he's walking, all of the other Spartans are looking at him. That's legendary, you know? And it's like, yeah. he, 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 he's he's a, his presence is, is, is extremely commanding. And they're like, oh my God, they're heroic and amazing in their own right, but they pale in, compar- in comparison to the Master Chief. So is there a game that allows everyone to come back home and feel like that? I think it's, I don't believe it's ever been done. Yeah, Can it be I, done? It, can it, be it really can't. It, it, I, I don't think it can to the extent of what we want. Like what Mark was saying with the Old Republic, how everyone has – what, what end of the day, it, it's it's a video game. There's limits to how much you can put on a disc or right. how, how much a system can play, and so there's limits to everything. And to have it to where, where everyone has their own unique experience or their own legendary thing, it's not going to happen. So there's going to be – thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that are going to be the exact same thing that you do or have the exact same title where it says, Oh, I killed the coolest, baddest dude on Mars. That's what's going to happen. And how they do that is somehow mask it, I guess, to not make it feel that way. But theoretically it's going to be that way. There's limits to the video game. And just like uh, what Craig does, there's limits to how like, I bet Craig wishes they could send 30 people on Mars to man the, the rover, but 
there's limits, you know, like, unfortunately, there is. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> they would die on Mars, but anyway. You, you, send, you send robots, like, that are, like, humans. Right. <laughs> Johnny Five. You know yeah, what? Johnny, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that, okay, I don't want to disagree with you, but I have to disagree in the sense that I, I agree with what you're saying as far as the direction the, uh, that Bungie may take with giving yeah. everyone their individual legendary uh, uh, experience. But I believe that they can really make it meaningful. I believe they can make it meaningful to the point where it doesn't feel like a manufactured experience that everyone experiences. I believe they can make it unique, despite the fact that I believe millions of people will be playing this game. Like you mean I mask believe... it to where it makes it feel that way. Yes, exactly. Well, here's I, I, a crazy. Well, Watts, here's a crazy thought. I hate to cut you off, uh, Derek, but it just made me think of it. No, please. The way the multiplayer of this game is going to be built is you're going to have these random encounters with other players that are kind of in the same area. What mm-hmm. if part of the matchmaking under the hood is you don't get matched up with other people who did some of those epic things? So you don't see those thousand other people mm-hmm. that say, kill the most epic boss on blah, 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 because you did that. They didn't do that. So you don't see those people and they see you and say, wow, that's the guy that did that. Wow, like that's awesome. Right. And that's as part of the matchmaking they, system. As long, yeah, as long as they allow... The, the masses to know that Mark Turcott did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes well, that's what, that's what social hubs are. So yeah, like, okay. so when you go to social hubs, everyone's going to know what you did or didn't if they, but they might not like what you're saying. They might not have it to where when I go in a social hub, they might not show that, Oh, Mark didn't kill this person, but it's almost like, well, if, if it, if it's his own personal story, wouldn't uh-huh. you want to share it? Like, one yeah. of the best, one of the greatest things in yeah. MMOs, and I know Craig's played the the World of Warcrafts, as, Mar- as Derek said, uh, to show people that you've done something awesome. Like, like with same thing with achievements, how people really like with Xbox or even uh, PlayStation Network with trophies is like people want to see what you've done, type of thing, and. I know we're it's it's kind of draws on that subject of how they're gonna I guess make a unique experience for that thing, but it draws that to where people wanna know what another person's done type of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not like like if I killed something and go to the social hub, everyone's gonna be on the same level. It's not a social hub, it's just everyone just hanging around doing nothing. It's, it's not be, what, yeah, it's not just what you've done, but it's what you've done that's different than the other characters in the game, which makes yeah. it special and unique, right? right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm walking into the social hub on the, the city in Destiny, I want to know why I'm different from that other character, and it might be gauged on the legendary experiences that you've had, but it might not. You know what I'm saying? It's it's right. It, right. It, it, I I know what you guys are saying and I know they might do it but they're going to have to mask it somehow to the point where it's not just black and white like oh oh look at his gear that he did he definitely went to right. hellmouth on on the moon mm-hmm. because these crappy aliens took over the coolest moon in the solar system am I right can I get a hell yeah <laughs> I'm just kidding nah, I say Europa I say <laughs> yeah Europa. I know Europa Europa's cooler but you know what I'm saying it's like that the social yeah. hub aspect of it has to have it's something fun. different like if then we'll just walk around where we're just like stick figures, just like, ah, you know. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know, that's uh, just my Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's move on from that. 
they talked about races, which uh, kind of shocked me a little bit. I mean, you know, everything we've talked about here kind of went in line with this being a GDC chat. I mean, we had some neat concept art, kind of learns of some new areas, new places and that. But then this is where they started getting into, wait a minute, this isn't just GDC. You're, you're actually giving us some meaty stuff here. Um, and they basically confirmed there are three playable races for Destiny. Um, first being the humans. And they kind of describe them as reliable, tough, uncomplicated. And it's very easy for us as players to relate to them. And they looked at things like soldiers, action heroes, sports figures. Um, the second playable race is the Awoken. And they describe them as being exotic, beautiful, mysterious. They are. Yeah. Um, think awesome. elves is kind of what they said. Kind of like vampires, ghosts. Um, I think they showed the guy from right. Twilight. Twilight. Barrett said he's very dreamy. Yeah. um and then the third playable race is the exo and this is where they showed i think the best piece of concept art shown and it's it's the race basically they say are very sinister powerful a tireless terminator master chief war machines slumped over um yeah and the (laughs) character they show he's just slumped over just looks wiped and uh, his gun's kind of setting, be- <laughs> setting he's beside tireless. him. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but crazy watch. <laughs> but, you know, the image, and I can't tell if it's, like, paint on his head, but it looks like he's just, like, doused with blood. It's on his gun. It's on his face. And it just looks like he's been through this hard and hardened battle. And, um, you know, this race, to me, was very appealing because it's like, okay, I, in a lot of games I like to play these um, kind of mechanical type races or, or te- technological based races. So right away, this jumped out to me. And you know, I want to know. And I mentioned it earlier. What is this race going to be like? Are they still going to be grounded in, let's say, organics? They didn't necessarily mention that. I mean, when you look at this thing, its hands don't really look like gloves. I mean, those are straight up no, that's robotic. Robotic, that's robot, yeah. you know. So is this race going to be completely that or, but then they mentioned like master chief and master chief, we know is a human who is augmented, you know, how how are the exos going to be? So which of these races is, I guess, most appealing to you guys, which would you guys. I'm, 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 I love the exo and the awoken, the picture uh, that we have, the concept art image of the awoken. uh, You said reminds of, you know, elf and light, uh, the white hair, the white eyes with no real pupil with the whole bluish sky look, but under the clothes of the warrior, just that, that whole image is awesome to me. Yeah. Uh, but the, but I do love the exo. I mean, that looks awesome. And I mean, the blood on his helmet, he's fatigued from the day of, from a day of battle. And I love the whole augmentation, you know, going back to my whole, uh, uh Deus Ex Human Revolution experience so yeah i'm feeling that exo absolutely i feel bad for uh i feel bad for the humans i just feel like a lot of people aren't gonna pick uh no. a human and when i first saw it like when they when they that was the first one that they showed you um i'm like that might be cool like uh we've obviously talked about the settings like kind of being a human in that kind of setting and going to these places that no human has gone before that that might be kind of cool and a, a side note i thought it was interesting that they showed a picture of uh terrell owens uh when they had pictures of humans because um, mm-hmm. that's kind of debatable if he's a human or not. So, and, and, <laughs> and also, I thought it was interesting because like I will do anything for money, and Bungie you probably be sued by him for using his likeness without his. Uh, uh, no way. Anyway, uh, no way. <laughs> after I, when I saw the humans, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. And then they then they showed um, 
No, I, I drawn a blank. What was the one after that? The Awoken. Uh, Awoken. Yeah. Awoken. Oh, and yeah. that, to me, that that's what I gravitate. It's hot, right? Yeah, it is. Character. So, uh, out of the three, I think I'm going to lean towards the Awoken for now. We'll see what comes out of it, but I, I kind of like that kind of stuff. Magic type of crap. Yeah. You know what, man? I you think, it's like, for me, like, narratively, the humans are appealing. I mean, I still probably will end up rolling EXO, but, like, kind of the whole setting for this world and having it be not necessarily saving humanity, but, like, that's what it is. Like, I can relate to that the most, you know? I hope they find a way to really bring in the Awoken and the EXO and really make them feel like they're here for our cause, you know, like, did the yeah. Traveler bring them here? Is that why they're here right. fighting on our side? Or, you know, is there maybe some sort of ancient alliance that we had with them that that's what brought them? You know, that, to me, is the only reason where, in the back of my mind, I'm still kind of set on the humans. Because, dude, if this is a game that we're going to spend 10 years in, I don't know about how when you guys play games, but a lot of times when I play any game like this, I kind of like to project myself into these characters or at least feel like <laughs> yeah. I am that person. Yeah. And that would yeah. be the easiest to relate to, I think. Yeah, sure it would. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think human too. I mean, seeing the image of the moon and all that stuff, it's the the solar system that they're creating is it's like our own solar system, but so different in a lot of weird ways. And the, even just the existence of these two races is is odd. I mean we don't we don't quite understand why they're here, like you just said. So I, I lean towards human just because there's so much other odd stuff that you know, I, I I'd want to feel like I'm exploring this solar system that I'm generally familiar with, but is kind of weird in these, in these different kind of ways. So, right. Yeah. I think, I think human sounds appealing, but I agree with you. Like EXO is, looks amazing. So I I did be tough not to pick that one, but (laughs) God, that image is great. I haven't set up actually as my uh, desktop on my PC. Like it's just, it looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anytime you take a robot, and have human emotions onto it. It's the coolest yeah. thing. It's so it's <laughs> really what yeah. it boils down to is what is going to allow me to snipe more accurately. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually yeah. I got robot eyes. Yeah, it's, that's why I was appealing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plus three to snipe. <laughs> well, uh, we also were shown the fourth race that ended up being Can that we mentioned earlier, and that was Tiger Man. And Staten's quote for Tiger Man. He says, Tiger Man. Tiger Man was awesome. <laughs> Tiger Man was noble. Tiger Man was bestial. Tiger Man was wise. <laughs> so that's the uh, rundown that, that we got awesome. for Tiger Man. And, and like you said, Chris, earlier, how, like, you know, it's something that just didn't fit in the world. So they were just like, we're not going to push this. Doesn't work with our idealized reality that, no, we're not going to go with it. But like I said, I mean, it almost made sense. Like, okay, we have our robot class. We have our elfish elvish type class with the awoken we have the humans and what else makes sense all right well other mmos other multiplayer games have these beast type characters in it eh, let's try and go this route and they tried it and it just didn't didn't go who's the guy um who plays hellboy i can't think of his name off the top of my head right now the actor uh yeah uh, the actor is he's in sons of anarchy sons of anarchy his name ugh, god dang it but oh, early man. on in the '80s, he was in a Beauty and the Beast TV show. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what I thought. That's yeah. what that image looks like. That's yeah. Tiger Man. Ron that's Perlman. Like. Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman. Ron Perlman in that Beauty and the Beast show. That's Tiger Man. 
Like when I saw yes. that, I just <laughs> saw that. I thought the exact same thing, man. Yep. Hilarious. Perfect. perfect. Um, <laughs> cool. I want to see yeah, Tiger so. Shark more. <laughs> I think there's going to be like this big like groundswell of like people who want to see Tiger Man in the game, and they're they have no choice but to incorporate it somehow, even if it's the slightest thing. I I just feel like Tiger Man's taking on like a life of his own right now. Yeah. Oh, he is definitely. Well, I mean, they what he said they have like T-shirts and stuff like that. They're going to release those on the Bungie store eventually. They'll have a small yeah. run of that. Day one DLC, ten bucks get Tiger Man. <laughs> Yeah, Tiger Man's got a Twitter page. Stop. You get Tiger Man. <laughs> you get <a> Twitter page. <laughs> Tiger Man Twitter. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You should have set that up before we release this. Now somebody's going out and do that. Do it. I get it right now. It. Tiger yeah. Man's Twitter page. It's constantly <laughs> tweeting. It's just like sad Tiger Man, like constantly tweeting, like wishing he was in the game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I was everybody's a having race. fun. Yeah. Uh, did you see what Bungie announced? That could have been me. <laughs> Nobody ever pays me in gum. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be like a piece of art on a wall somewhere in a building. Oh, he has to be. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to be. Some manager's I mean, office will have Tiger Man in a suit and tie. Yeah. I think they showed that one picture, right? I mean, well, first they mentioned that that was actually um, – they started calling the game Tiger. That was like the code name for for the project. Yeah, yeah. And then they even showed like a world – the T-shirt had a world on it with the tiger like walking on the world. So it's just as – kind of took on a life of its own and it even goes back to the throwback of those early concept pieces where there was a tiger there was that one fantasy piece and then that one like postcard piece with the ship and the guy or the guardian kind of looking with the binoculars there's a tiger in that so i think early on this kind of just became an inside joke at Bungie to have these tigers <laughs> maybe, maybe oh, tiger shit. man is the traveler yeah, <laughs> it is. yeah you oh, go in there God. and it's just a giant tiger <laughs> sitting <laughs> Sitting on, sitting on a throne with a chalice. This whole like, ge- yeah, this whole game is like a big like, troll. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz. He's hiding behind a curtain. Yeah. Just a tiger behind a curtain, just growling into a microphone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Then they went on to talk about outfits and armor and how they've never had to do that before. Like create all these pieces of clothing and armor that people desire and want to wear kind of give you a drive to go on these quests and that was a big hurdle for them and he kind of showed a bunch of pieces and you know i I think he he made the quote he said you know if all these tattoos and haircuts start making you think mmo don't worry this is a bungee action shooter because they showed like three or four slides they're talking about different hair and now they never really had to do hair in any other games before but now they have to um, and they show clothing and capes and stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, he, Staten definitely assured us that, no, this is a bungee action shooter. So don't, don't start yeah. thinking we're going completely down the MMO path. Um, and then after that, they mentioned class and how class is not only explains how we want to fight, but it also helps, helps us decide our combat choices and how we will project our power into the world. And he said that they only wanted to give us three choices. So, you know, we talked early on that potentially there was other ones like the Vanguard, um, which now I guess we can kind of say probably is going to be some sort of advanced class of one of these uh, three, probably the mm-hmm. Titan. Um, but initially people were thinking maybe the Vanguard was a fourth playable class. But, I mean, Satan basically came out and said we wanted to give you three choices. They wanted to make player creation very easy for people and not make it this massive time-consuming thing. Um, so they show the Titan, and the Titan's described as this future soldier, space marines, mechs. And they um, kind of breathe force and toughness. And the hunter, 
They should, uh, you know, think Bounty Hunter, Explorers of the Wilderness, the Frontiersmen. And this is where they drew in some of the Western influences. And I think they even, um, you know, showed, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Harrison Ford. How can I not think of his name right now? Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah, they show Han Solo up on the screen there. And then they showed the Warlock. And they showed Gandalf. And they said, think (laughs) Space Wizard. Because everybody wants to be a Space Wizard, right? So they mentioned that when it comes to the classes. So these were, you know, nothing there really new here, but we kind of hear about where some of their influences came into with the races. And they actually showed concept art for these three races. And the Titan looks very covered in metal, like a machine. And when they showed the Hunter, it's kind of this mix between the metal and that, plus also like cloth. I think they kind of mentioned like a 50-50 where you can see the capes flowing in that. Um, then the warlock is much more the cloth um, that you can see. So, what do you guys think? Are you a little disappointed, maybe, that we don't have any more races, or not races, but classes announced? Or do you think being kind of locked into the three initially is going to be enough? I like three. You do. Why is that, Greg? Wait, you, yeah, I think well, I, I started Oblivion at some point, and I think my character creation process took me a solid hour. Yeah, I was all right, man. You're right. That's yeah. Great, great point, man. And yeah, I go out in the woods and then I get killed by like a snail or something like that. I was like, I'm all done. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, three classes sounds good to me. I mean, I'd, I'd I'd rather just get right into the gameplay and the exploring and all that stuff, and and not, you know, I I think it's important to pick my class because I definitely want to snipe as many people in the face as I can, but uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a balance in that. Yeah, I mean, I think giving us the three, you know, yeah, like you said, gets us into the game early, but then it also then opens up the idea that you can help kind of dictate where your class goes from there. Because too many games kind of, like you said, man, Oblivion, I mean, there's what, like 10 choices in that, and you've never played the game before. You don't know what class you want to play as. Exactly. Where yeah, these just... three classes are pretty pretty simple. It's like Titan. I want things to hit me as hard as they can, and I can absorb it. As a hunter, I want to be able to snipe, sit back, shoot from a distance. As a warlock, I want to use magic. Those three just basic concepts, even though it may not necessarily be magic that you're using, everybody kind of gets that. And then once you get into the game and you start playing it your way, then let those class paths branch off from there. And that's perfect, especially in a shooter. You know, I I think even though this somewhat is going to have these RPG elements to it, being a shooter that is much more skill-based and you literally aiming at the crosshairs on your screen, a lot of that is also going to dictate how good your character is going to play. Where, you know, in other RPGs, it's like it just depends on your level and that roll of the dice in the background as to how much damage you're going to do. Where this is still an action game. So it's how do you want to play minute-to-minute in the game? And I think giving us three is perfect. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's just a... I think it's good, but... Just on the surface, it, one of those things where you just want you want this thing game to be so massive and awesome. And when when you say like, oh, I want so many options, and that's that's just being greedy. But <laughs> they're smarter than we are. And and then I think you nailed it on the head, Craig, when you said it took you forever to pick your uh, right Skyrim guy or Oblivion guy, whatever one you played. But because that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly yeah. right. So scale it down, make it simple because it's just more quicker, to, quicker to get into the game. Yeah. Which yeah. I, yeah. 
I want to get into the world of Destiny, please, exactly. as quick as possible. Um, and then they went on to show some concept art of different armors. They showed three rare hunter cloaks, um, which are you know these rare pieces you're going to be able to find probably within the depths, which will probably add to your legend because people will be able to see those and know that they don't have them and you do. And so you must have done something that they can't. And I think over on our forums, we were all joking, saying that they look awesome. And I said, yeah, they look like bathrobes. So I want some <laughs> rare hunter bathrobes. would be very nice. Um, they showed some gun concepts. And they mentioned that the guns in this game are like swords in other RPGs. So going back to the fantasy world. And they say that they're going to be able to change the colors, the style, the proportions. Um, can change them a lot. And that all these guns are built modularly. So they can mix and match the pieces. Um, mm. which kind of sounds almost like, you know, back to Borderlands, how Borderlands did it. There's yeah. different pieces to those guns that they, they're able to do it. Um, but they mentioned even the named weapons. They actually showed us now. We know what Thorn looks like. Thorn is a pistol that just looks badass. Uh, we see Pocket Infinity, which looks almost like an SMG. And then uh, another one, Super Good Advice, that looks like a like a chain or like a machine gun. You can see bullets kind of sticking out of the side of it, more of a longer rifle-looking piece but what do you guys think and i put this on a rundown like what do you think the regular weapons will be like in the game like well well just your regular will will there be let me throw that out there will there be just like yeah assault rifle and... yeah i mean if you, if you look at the if you look at the concept art images you'll see an array of different uh let's say launchers or assault rifles and yes when every i believe that when you enter <clears throat> as a guardian you know and whatever how, however they engage you with the leveling up system and how you get new weapons, you're going to have your whole standard, you know, primary, secondary, sidearm. I, I, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting you go in, you have the basic tools of the trade of a guardian, um, and then, of course, you can make that weapon better. But if it's going to be experience where they're treating guns, weapons, like a sword, then I think there's a lot hinted into that because, you know, when you look at uh, a lot of movies where, like, uh, your, your Lord of the Rings or the movies like Excalibur, these these warriors, they treated their swords like it was their soul. And so I think there's going to be a huge emphasis on the weapons because of that mindset. I believe that the philosophy behind the Guardians and their weapons is going to be like that of the sword, but it's going to be something like it's a marriage of, like, bonding, of... of, of death do us part and so i think there's going to be a great emphasis on those weapons and how we can fully just act a fool with customizations yeah it should be nice yeah maybe it'll be more about just what the gun looks like and and there actually only be several classes of guns in terms of damage and the you know like how the guns behave but Mm -hmm. you'll be more attached to how the gun looks and and sort of feels because there are there's a limited number of gun types fundamental gun types but it's more about how they look Right, yeah. right, and I think that even think plays also, into, like I said, how how a shooter is much more skill based, you know. So it's like they can yeah. change it up all they want, but still, you know, the player's ability to aim aim the reticule on that character comes into play rather than yeah. just you know hitting this this kind of attack button. You know, like in, yeah, like I mean, in some Mark, RPGs. you mentioned Borderlands. Like in in Borderlands, if you get a gun that's better than the gun you have now, you just toss it. You know, you toss the one you currently have and replace yeah. it. Exactly. I get the sense that that wouldn't be what you do in this game, and unless you found a different gun type that you wanted to use, but right. I don't know. Mm. Yep. Um, and then they went on to show us a nice character development video, which if you haven't seen this, you can head over to our site, 
We got to throw up over there. I think Bungie's got it up also on Bungie.net. You need to watch this video. It's like a two-minute video. You actually see the character models in motion. And the first up, we see the Vex. And the Vex, awesome. remember, are these single red eye, fan shape head, very robotic. And when you see it moving, it's very like material militarialistic. If that's a word, I think I said that wrong. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like very robotic. They reminded me of the robots in Star Wars, like those little robots where you just see them all, like from Episode yep. One. You know, they're marching, marching. Like you, I could picture a whole mass of Vex just coming on you, like coming towards you being hunkered down and just having to find a way to take, to take them out. Basically that they just seem like they're very organized, you know, in the way that they moved. Um, what do you guys think of the Vex? I mean, is that something that you guys are looking forward to fighting, taking down? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love killing uh, robots. Right. They really remind me of the gift actually. The gift. Yeah. That's a good. That they were, I think Watt said that a while back. I'm like, wow, they remind me of the Geth as well. And I would love to put a, you know, my crosshairs on that little red eye and blow their head off. Yeah, for Mass Effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Until until they become good, and then you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we're shown a member of the Fallen, who is a race that have the four arms, awesome. and his top two arms have these almost electrical swords in them. There's, you can see this like blue electricity kind of coming off of them. Um, and he moves very fluid. And to me kind of reminded me of like an elite in halo, you know, how the elites are kind of always like kind of ducking and dodging and moving behind things. seems like that's how he moved. Um, but the bigger question here is, do you think this confirms melee weapons are going to be in the game? Didn't even think about it. You know what? He's got two swords. Are we going to be able? All right, let's put it this way: Are we going to be able to? There's a when I was watching, actually, just going over the video again today. um, There's a picture of a um, a titan, and I'm going to do a little quick. I know when they noticed it, they had like a weapon around his sling, and it looked more like a blade. There was no gun part or anything, and it kind of made me think that there might be melee combat. Yeah, um, let me see. I mean, we know I, we're probably we, gonna have a melee, right? I mean, most shooters nowadays you have that quick melee, just boom. You know, I mean, yeah. Halo has that, but you know, are we gonna be able to put our guns away and whip out a sword? That would yeah. be so awesome! Oh my god, that would be so awesome! Like that's a leveling up ability. Once you've gotten to the point where you're such a legend, you have this ability to wield a sword, or oh my god, that'd be crazy! Some cybergenic type of freaking dagger, a katana blade. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That'd be hot. That'd be hot. I mean, it, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a sword. It could be something that's kind of Assassin's Creed like in your like on your forearm or something. We could just a quick jab to the throat and blood gushing out, you know, all that good stuff. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. That'd be good. So I think it'd be neat to have melee weapons, you know, actually have some sort of where you kind of put that gun away and bust something out. You know, like I mean, the image of the Titan that they show I could just see like an axe of some kind, like some sort of, you know, space axe, if you want to say, or the sci-fi looking thing in his yeah. hand would just look awesome. Um, yeah. They show the hive. We actually saw the hive in motion. And um, Craig, you mentioned it earlier, how they're very similar to the flood. And even when you see the image, like or in the video, that's what it looks like. That's what it reminded me to me. Just kind of, you know, kind of mindless in a sense, but just very threatening, just coming right at you. Um and uh, the concept art, this is where that concept art was, where it shows one of them with a gun. Um, 
So, you know, we may potentially have zombies with guns um, yeah. in the game. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had mentioned earlier how there may be different ranks amongst them, how that one image shows kind of that royal one or the one that seems to be the leader with a flowing cape in that. Um, and then also we saw the Cabal, these very slow, lumbering, brutish-looking race. And we actually saw them unmasked. Every image we see, they always have this uh, mask on their face. They almost look like Bane from Batman. Not that they do, but the mask does, right? The mask kind of covers their face right there. And we see that they kind of have this broken piece of their mouth um, when they're unmasked. So, yep. you know, I, I can see definitely with that race, like that's something that when you melee them in, in the face maybe, or if you get a headshot on them, it busts that piece off. And then they, I could see a awesome death animation, you know, of them not being able to breathe because that thing probably helps them breathe somehow on, on the surface of Mars. Uh, but overall, what do you guys think of the enemies that they showed? I mean, I think they're awesome. Uh, I thought it looked they, great. They, they definitely, they look great. Uh, the Fallen was the most attractive to me. Just the whole look of the Fallen was hot. But what what seemed very prominent was that once we engage these enemies. We have to engage them differently because they're going to totally have because you know Bungie's known for offering great AI, so I can just imagine how sophisticated the AI will be with battling these enemies. How intelligent will their will their uh, uh, gunplay be among their own ranks? I mean, if you think back at Halo, at sometimes you know Halo One, you're like, oh my God, they're thinking. The enemy's actually thinking. You know, to yeah. see to 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 kind of think about what they're going to do with these enemies and how they're going to flank you and engage you differently from one another because they're different races, so they have a diff- maybe a different military mindset and philosophy. That's going. That's what's most exciting to me. You know, some you probably just won't be able to just you know gun go, go guns blazing fighting you know the cabal. They're just too powerful. You have to maybe you know maybe hit them in the head. Maybe what we're seeing is just one rank of the cabal. Maybe they have some that have helmets on your in your in your shot accuracy. You know, like like my man Craig was saying, he he just wants to be a sniper. We may need a teammate like that who can, <laughs> you know, between the eyes, pow. So that's what's really exciting to me. Like, how do we engage all these guys? That's going to be amazing, man. Yeah. yeah, I just think that every these are the type of races that you will come to hate. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a good hate, in a way where you're like. You know what? I'm glad I'm killing these stupid Vex who time travel uh-huh. trying to hurt humanity. And that's what you need. You need a, a race or an enemy that you love just as much as you hate. Because right. you love killing them, but you need to have that thing to want you to keep doing it. Like in just any just any type of good game or story, you want to kill someone for the, the, the sole reason of because they're such a good enemy. Just like right. in uh, Game of Thrones, Prince Joffrey, you hate him so much, but he's just so he's such a good character. Like right. you, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just like uh, Ivan Drago in Rocky Four, man. He's an awesome <laughs> bad guy, but you love him. You like love you, him, you, you need him. you need that good antagonist right. in a game. He like killed Apollo I Creed. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't either. But he's he's such a he's, Apollo. He's awesome. Apollo should have. <laughs> he is pretty Apollo. Awesome. Yeah, Apollo uh He's like, Don't throw <laughs> the towel, Rocky, and Rocky's just like, Alright, you're my good friend. I'm gonna like, die. We... Yeah. <laughs> Poor Apollo, man. So you know what? Awesome. You know what? I, I, I hope too that when looking at these different enemies, I hope that hopefully one of them instills fear in me. You know, when you fight an enemy, 
you know, uh, Destiny's built around this whole engagement where you're together with your other fellow guardians. And I want it to be an experience where it's like, dude, I will not, under no circumstance, go and try to battle the, the Vex by myself. I mean, I want to feel that way. I, Derek Smith wants to feel afraid to just encounter certain enemies by myself. That would make it really, really, really unique and awesome because not from a not from the point of being scared, but from the point of they're so formidable and and and, and powerful. Not just a group of them, maybe two or three of them. It's just like yeah. dude, two of them is just too much for one guardian. You that's really a, have to go gun blazing with your buddy. Yeah, that's you a know? really good point because you know who did that for me in the first Resident Evil was the hunters. Oh really? Because yeah, because they, like I was afraid to like oh no, I know there's a hunter in here. Like you right. like. You know, it's a game, of course, but you're just like, oh, my God, I just want to experience that because it's such a <laughs> deadly yeah, enemy. Awesome, and, right. And if, like, like, like you said, if the Vex did it, like, dude, I, I don't want to play the Vex. They're just, right. they're just tough. fear written all and over And then when you that. kill them, it's so rewarding. Like, it's, oh, my God, I killed half of one. Okay, his foot's moving, but he's not getting up. I'm going to get, like, a tattoo <laughs> of, you know, like, yeah. you know, like those, like, uh, war fighters that put, like, tallies of all the people they killed. I'm going to have, like, a tattoo of all oh, the things I killed on my arm. Yeah, yeah. Up, kill ten. So. Like Jazz from Batman. Just yeah. mark your mark your. I'm I'm a what are those guys called? The bloodless face. The 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 um the, the EXO. You know, you could just put a, a a battle mark. Oh, come on, yeah. Destiny, do this for me. Let me put a like a like a, a number etching. of something of those. Yeah, yeah. etch into my my metal. The number of enemies I've killed. That would be so sick. Yeah, but the, I mean, you may be hinting on one of the ideas of how. You know, they keep saying a world that we want to keep coming back to could be the enemies. We hate the enemies so much, and we are so familiar with the world that we get a push notification on our phone. The Vex yeah. have attacked old Chicago. Go help out. Dude. You hate the Vex so much. Old Chicago, you you're vested in it. You know that area. You got to go back and save it. Like, that's why they you said, go They back. said your mama's ugly. Go kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, you know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah, dude. I mean, you're the the five enemies and then the the, uh, races, and they all have sort of colors associated with them on that palette. I think Mm -hmm. it sort of reminds me, or they're emphasizing that each one of those races has its own backstory and sort of characteristics that are inherent to that race. And to just totally nerd out, you guys ever played the card game Magic? Of course, yeah, Magic the Gathering, Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, that game, centerpiece of that game is that you have colors and, and there's sort of, you know, there's fire and, and sort of mind magic and all that other stuff. But but it, it centers around the fact that there are these colors that are against each other and some are allied. And when I saw that color palette, that's immediately what I thought of. And it there's all this lore in the, just that card game of magic. And I feel like seeing that in is, is nice because it means that they're going to have this underlying characteristics to every enemy that will make it interesting and make it you know have an interesting backstory to each enemy and there will be certain characteristics to each to each race that are mm-hmm. that just make it really compelling to to even just want to fight them it's kind of what was in halo like the elites were more interesting to fight i thought than the flood i mean just because exactly. they had this compelling backstory right so. yeah the whole uh, like religious undertone these you know right. religious freaks that just wanted annihilation against you and you had to go and take him out and yeah knowing that story see that's what's going to be interesting is conveying that story to players you know i think that's almost going to be a hurdle they didn't even really mention that much yeah you can create this world and all that but how is all that history and all that story going to be conveyed to us as players 
so and, important. You know, it's going to be so important. It, it, yeah, it really. That's going to be, I, I think, mean, the most important piece. What if, it, what if they just drop the ball on it? It's <laughs> done so bad. <laughs> they were just like, oh, this sucks. I so It's not going to happen, Wes. <laughs> April oh, Fool's. Like, oh, is it getting out here? <laughs> <laughs> let's see and then they also showed um in that video also we could see the three classes we saw the titan the warlock and the hunter uh titan is the image that um you know looks very medieval this very medieval looking character it almost looks like a knight's templar is what i thought of like old school you know like way back just your classic guardian classic um you know, war fighter. That's what this guy looks like. Uh, the warlock was shown very briefly. They didn't really show the warlock too much, if you notice that. They kind of, like, kind of breezed sure. by him. Like, oh, here's a warlock. And you could kind of see, like, the back of him, and it was kind of cloudy. So they didn't show too much there, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, right. And then the hunter they showed, and you could see on his shoulder, he had, like, a, a shoulder plate that was, like, a skull of a bone. And then on his forearm, it almost looked like vertebrae, um, bones. Mm kind of there so you could see he had these very uh, modular pieces to his armor Batman, which, the little, yeah yeah very very cool um and it's just neat to see finally like some in-engine pieces right. of this game you know i yep. think that was the best thing about that video so if people haven't seen the video you definitely gotta go and check that out um and then that was pretty much a wrap they took a couple questions after um uh, but before they left um staten said we're not going all over the over the galaxy but the solar system and Barrett said, "Well, not yet." And Staten said, "Shh." So that was the biggest point that blew me away. They're I basically hinting that, yeah, we're not going out of our galaxy, or you know, we're sticking within our solar system. But yeah, eventually we're going to be branching one, out of here. Day so. one DLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yet. Not day yet. one DLC. God's head solar system. <laughs> yep. And then he shouted at the very end, "We'll see you at E3." So we know that they're kind of going into hibernation um, with some of these big events and that, but they will be at E3. And where they'll be at E3, I don't know. Activision usually doesn't have their own press conferences, so we're not going to see anything like that, which leads me to believe we're going to see these guys show up at either Sony or Microsoft's press conference or both. Probably Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah, they need to. They need to. GDC chat as a whole, guys, what do you think? I mean, we thought... This was just going to be more for developers, and eh. and here we just talked almost an hour forty about mm. this chat as fans of I, Destiny. I mean, there was so much, and I mean, we just scratched the surface. I mean, we could literally go we'll through that. these concept art pieces, which there's Absolutely. tons well, of them, and break dude, them down. Like, like, like you just said, like we we just scratched the surface. I just feel like every time they talk about this game, that they're just scratching the surface. It's like it doesn't surprise me that they gave us a great amount of content to go on. But I feel like the game is so massive and they have so much, it's just like, we'll give you guys an hour's worth of, of, of you know, video and, and pictures and backstory and that's nowhere near the, the magnitude of this game. So every time we get stuff on it, I just feel like it's one more piece of this massive puzzle that yeah. we'll never fully comprehend. I remember, uh, Mark, you stated before GDC, you was like, so what are we going to get, guys? Are we going to get, what type of, you know, slides are we going to get? Are we going to get just slides full of just meaningless jargon? I mean, what's going to happen? And I was like, oh, God, he did not say that because it was scaring me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude. But, but what did I say know, wanted, though, on that episode? I said, but please give us more concept art. I want to see more of this world. 
and they heard you. They, they heard delivered. You. <laughs> Completely exactly. delivered on that. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, tons and tons and tons of screens coming yeah. out of that. You know, even though, you know, selfishly, I wanted more. But even if they would have gave me more, I would still say selfishly, I wanted even more than that, right? Bungie could never give us enough of Destiny. So I believe that the approach that they took with the GDC was perfect. It was, they gave a good eye. I, I believe there was a question that was asked of them. Um, just from a gamer standpoint, I got my feel from it. But then from the developer side of it, uh, I remember a question was asked, how do how, how does Bungie uh, um, uh, breathe ownership into a project this massive down their org chart of developers, if you will? And, uh, you know, they gave an answer to that that I thought was great. And so it was cool to see that Bungie not only was giving back to the fans, but also to developers and how they should approach their development projects. But, you know, ultimately, this, the, the concept art was great. And, you know, being the critic that we are, I was just holding on to every word, hoping that they made a mistake and stumbled and said something that was like, oh, I got it. Oh, my God. Spoiler alert. You know, <laughs> and we could run with it. I'm like, oh, please make a mistake. But they played it really close to the chest. And uh, it was just great. The concept art. Oh, my God. It, we haven't even talked about this stuff, Mark. It just looked so amazing. I'm like, oh, my God. Elaborate on that. And they would just show it and move on. I'm like, I hate you. Oh, God. Yeah. You know? It was good stuff. It was good stuff. I mean, I couldn't help but get more excited for this game just from right. seeing this, you know? And I think for me, the biggest pull away from it was just the genesis of how this game came to be. Came about, and, yeah. You know, I think anybody that's really following this really kind of got to see that. And it's interesting, man, to know that this started out with this fantasy concept. And really, like, the bottom underlying thing was they wanted to create a world with history and lore. And then to take that concept and put the sci-fi twist on it. I mean, that is something that I've always wanted in any form of medium. I think not even just, you know, gaming in a book or a movie or a television series, like something that really, really could do that. And with destiny, I mean, they're, they seem like they're just going to knock this thing out of the park. You know, every, every sign is leading to the right. All the pieces are falling together with what they're doing. Like everything they're doing it right. It seems like they're doing it the right way. So I just yeah. could walk away you know, more excited. I kept I, after the after the GDC. I kept thinking about okay, you know, with with more of the concept art they're showing, you know, us as the Guardians of Destiny being the best and most you know glamorous podcast for the show. We're really we're really throwing in a lot of gumbo into the speculation of Destiny. So by the time E3 gets here, you know, the hype machine is going to be just disgusting, right? Yeah. And so I'm saying to myself, what will Bungie choose to be the piece that they're going to reveal, if they're going to reveal? I do believe they're going to show something in E3 that's gameplay-ish, hopefully. And if they do, what is that? Because I believe that's a, that, that it's, that's a huge decision in how they do that. Even though it's a small thing, it's a, it's a very big thing in how that can continue to push this I don't want to call it a hype machine because I'm I'm sold, uh, uh, but the the idea behind Bungie because what are they going to show? You can't. It's so vast. One little piece doesn't do anything really justice. But how does it really convey the message that it's, in words, vast, amazing, free roam, gunplay is amazing, it looks good, and all that just in a ten minute clip, as with with the narrative walkthrough? Or will they do that? You know, and I, and I just hope that. When they finally reveal gameplay, 
I want to be as blown away now with not having seen anything with concept art as I will be then when I see that and say, I told you so. I, I, I'm living for the I told you so moment. I really am, you know, so yeah. <clears throat> I'm nervous about that. I want it to be great. <laughs> I think they'll show that. a suit and tie customization with Tiger Man. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the big E3 reveal. <laughs> They're going to come out really on stage in a Tiger costume. <laughs> All right. Do you think they'll show cons- uh, uh, gameplay? They at will. E3? I think they will. Yeah, I think no. that'll be the. I mean, I honestly, so. I, I hope they show more than just like gunplay. That to me is kind of just the easy way out. Like if they just say, like, okay, here's an encounter with the Vex. And uh-huh, it's. Uh-huh. Hey, we're running it on the moon base at the Hellmouth. That we've already shown you this base, and now we're kind of going down in. And now here's us yeah. shooting a couple guys. Buy the next what Xbox. You, you know, it's so going to be. What would you want to see? Personally, I would want to see more how, like, let's say the multiplayer works. So I would want to see how those encounters with other players happen. Let me see that. Let me see that happen. And, you know, I know regardless if they show it, let's say at, let's say they show it at the Microsoft press conference and we see it there. The argument's always going to be like, well, that was set up. You know, that's not really a true interaction. But then what if they then suddenly show up at the Sony press conference and they show maybe not the same piece, but they show another interaction over there and you see kind of how all that plays in. I want to see the social hub. Maybe show me how do I, I honestly, what I would want to see maybe then is an, an interaction happen on a planet. You're on a quest. You see some sort of interaction happen with a, another player and then show us completing whatever that mission is. And then rather than cut out to the destiny logo, just show us kind of like what our day-to-day moments are going to be in the game. Show us going back to earth, maybe somehow explore that concept, you know, cause that to me is really the big unknown. I know we're going to be running quests. I know we're going to be shooting bullets. I know we're going to be doing all that stuff. Um, yeah. but what else are we going to be doing yeah. in this game besides that? That's what I want to know. And honestly, I don't think they'll show that. I don't think that's going to, especially E3, that's not going to be there. Yeah. You know, we, people you behind know, the scenes may see some of that stuff or hear about some of that, but I don't think that's going to be shown because I think they're going to show, you know, even though everybody knows they can build a shooter, right. I, I still think they're just going to show that they're just going to show, all right, here, here's the combat in destiny. I, I'm really leaning towards that. them doing something. I think they keep it mysterious with gameplay. And what I mean by that is I believe it's, I hope they offer something like, for example, when looking at this concept art, you know, there's a lot of uh, images to pull from. There's a lot of locations that have a sinister feel to it. For example, the concept art that reveals Chicago. Okay. Now it's flooded. It looks bare. It looks bad. I don't know if they're going to allow guardians to be submerged underwater you know, can you go prone and you're really underwater? But not to take this whole SOCOM or whatever approach, but these are guardians. These are sophisticated, smart, you know, well, highly trained, uh, uh, you know, war machines as guardians. And so I would love for them to kind of show, like, this, 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 this scenario where three guardians just come up out of the water and all you see is their heads and there are actual real people that are communicating to one another of how they're going to engage the enemy if the enemy is even here, there. And when they fully come up out of the water, you see a Titan, you see a Warlock, and you see uh, uh, the other um, Titan, Warlock, and a Hunter, okay? And someone tells the Hunter to get and find a perch position. And so they go and they find a a perch location. And to their strengths, that's how they engage a certain environment. But then all of a sudden the pan the camera pans back as they're moving closer to their 
kind of engagement uh, uh, um, initiative, the camera pans back and shows you the scale of what's happening. And behind them, the enemy is engaging them, but they do not know it. And it's a massive amount of enemies that are engaging them, yet they are not privy to it. Okay? And then all of a sudden, it cuts into this nasty three-on-30 fight where you have to truly call in other guardians that pans to different locales in the solar system that are racing back to Earth, that are on other parts of the Earth that are racing to this location, okay, for this massive war, and then they just cut it off. That alone melts my brain. I'm done. <laughs> okay, you wrote it, Derek. Right? Yeah, there it is. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I, I would be Let me going update the wiki. That. Hold like, on. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, that would be just like, oh my god. Yeah, that would be just yeah. That would be it, fellas. That's what I want. E3. You heard yeah, it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. E3 is only what two months away, so we'll see. Um, there actually was another chat on Destiny at GDC that didn't get as much um, traffic, if you want to say. And this was um, the company Umbra, um, which are is being utilized in their new engine, the Grognock engine. And they kind of discussed what exactly that's going to do. And Polygon had a nice little write-up on this. Not really too much to pull from it, um, other than to know that this Umbra is basically going to help Bungie create a more efficient destiny. When I say that, I mean um, it's going to be able to help create the world in like vast expanses uh, much more quickly and efficiently um, than other games have been able to do that. So hearing that alone just makes me think that you know, we may have larger areas than maybe what we're thinking we're going to have. Or, or actually, the areas may be as large as we may want them to be. You know, like, Craig, I know you want to have these big, sprawling areas on these planets where you can kind of explore massive areas. And kind of what you hear, what I'm reading in some of this article and what Umber's bringing to the table, they may be able to deliver on some of that. You know, we're not going to yeah. have just... I mean, you even think of some of those maps in Halo and there were these massive sandboxes. We may be able to have more, um, which is pretty awesome. So, I don't mm. know. So, check the article out. It's over on Polygon. Um, I think you can just search, like, Destiny Umbra, and you'll find it um, and check that out. And then we also had a mail sack this week, guys. This was right after the GDC chat called the Aftermath Sack. And this is probably the greatest... Uh, Bungie.net mail sack ever. And uh, there was one question. Are we there yet? And the answer was we've taken one more step closer to this mythic world filled with action and adventure. And that was it. (laughs) Teach basically said, we gave you enough of GDC. We're done. I'm going home. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Out the door. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. So... Well, guys, that was almost two hours on just our uh, GDC chat here and our dispatches from the Traveler. So very, very long segment there, but we want your feedback, everybody. Feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Let us know your thoughts on GDC, and uh, we're very interested to see what everybody thought of that. And, you know, the coming weeks here, I'm sure, in these episodes, we're going to be even chatting more about the actual specific concept arts. And um, as we do that, too, we'll, I'll be sure to kind of push those out ahead of time. So when you listen to the show, you'll know which pieces we're talking about. And I'll be sure to even put them in the show notes um, so you can do that. So let's move on to our next segment, our topic segment called Pillars of Destiny. Pillars of Destiny. All right. So this week for our topic, we just wanted to go out on a 
speculative tangent, which we seem to often do on the show. We're always speculating on the show, right? But we're just, we love doing that. And I know people listening to the show love it when we do this, um, when we're talking about Destiny. So I wanted to talk about what this fifth race could potentially be. And we've seen images. We saw a nice concept art of this triangle-shaped onyx pyramid ship. And then we also saw in that five race character palette, uh, our enemy type palette, we saw, again, those pyramid shapes in this race. And a couple weeks ago on, I forget which episode it was, probably the second or third episode of Guardian Radio, we chatted about how Bungie had copyrighted certain names. And the Hive was one of those names. And sure enough, the Hive is the space zombies. They are these zombies in the game. But then one name that we still don't know about yet was the Glimmer. So right now, the idea kind of running around the community is that the Glimmer is this fifth race. These these creatures that fly in these ships are the Glimmer. Now, mm-hmm. every time they've mentioned them or, or during the GDC chat that had come up, they just kept saying, like, ah, oh, we can't talk about that. Can't say anything about that now. My mm-hmm. thought on what this race is, and I, I we can get into what Glimmer means and all that here in a little bit, but... I'm starting to think that something obviously has has brought down the golden age of mankind. Something has come in and been threatening. And I don't I don't know about you guys, but I don't see like this collaboration of five enemy races being that downfall. I don't see like it was one coordinated effort. I think one race, one enemy race was that initial destructive force and did that. And I'm thinking that the glimmer or whatever this fifth race is, is going to be that catalyst. They're the ones that did it, and that's why right now everything's being cagey. You know, they're not talking about it, don't want to let us know, yeah. because once we know the truth behind that, that's when the story is really yeah. going to open up with Destiny, and that's why they don't want us to know that yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all... What do you guys think? Very true. Well, that's a very good point. Well, hold on. Mark, you're saying that you don't believe that they're – was a collaborative effort of races that maybe their ancestors maybe was the instigators of this. You believe it was one agitator? I think there was one agitator and then and then just kind of that initiated this onslaught of, you know, everybody coming in. Like we may have come in contact maybe with these five races before, or at least the uh-huh. four that we know of right now. Right. But never on the scale of them now being in our solar system. You know, maybe there was this massive force of the quote-unquote glimmer started this brought us down basically and now you have these other races coming in to kind of capitalize on that and you know what i mean i I don't think we had like you know the head of the the cabal and the head of the vex and the head of the hive all get together and say like hey let's go take out the earth you know let's go do that let's take over the solar system and no i don't think so i don't think that happened at all something came in this this destructive force and i think it is this fifth race they're the ones that did it I, yeah. I don't. I don't believe. I'm sorry, but I don't believe the word glimmer is sexy enough <laughs> to be the, the 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 cause of it. I just don't glimmer. I, yeah, well, that's that's like I, the artistic sense. point of it. It's something that's like you think of glimmer. You think of what, like flash of light, like something faint. Glimmer. I think of a fashion yeah. weekend. Also yeah, weekend. but it's a <laughs> bunch of Mariah Careys that come in. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I'm glimmer, really. <laughs> No, but what what I think, kind of what Mark said, but a little bit different way, is that, hence, 
none of the races are friends, really. That they all, of course, hate each other, and humans hate, except... But do they? But do they, Watts? Do all the races hate each other? No! Uh, yeah, I will. I think that each other or us. Are you saying no? I well, we know they have a problem with us. We know they have a problem with us. But well, we really don't know for sure. We just like think about it. Like you have you have the full, and they they're on Mars or whatever. Right. Like how how pissed would you be if like you're like all right we conquered Mars and then the dudes come around and say oh let let's uh um I don't know like you can't come in my Mars you know so. I don't know. It's just it's it's kind of weird, but I think the glimmer is kind of like almost like the Borg in Star Trek, where it's, there's this one race that's yes. feared by everyone, and like when they show up, everyone gets pissed. You know, so it's I can see that happening. I can see the I can see the Fallen being like that because they look so freaking dope. But I mean, I I I don't know. I I don't. It wouldn't surprise me that. These different races uh, were different pockets of, of war and battles that took place, but I do believe that if Bungie's going where I think they're taking it, possibly there could be things where there's some type of an alliance to a degree, you know, some treaties that are set because of boundaries. Because, of course, we're scouring Earth to bring back all this wreckage to kind of build a city. That's how we're putting the city back together. And so, as we're going out to get those things, we have to maybe acquire that from some of these races. And I believe there's some type of a currency or understanding between these races that are warring. Uh, and I think that Glimmer would be just another additional one. I just don't, I don't know. I, I could be downplaying it. You know, if Bungie says it, then I'm like all happy about it. You know, <laughs> uh, you know the Glimmer is the ones who came and called. I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Well, here's, you know, they said, here's another piece. Too, I don't man. Know. And, and I'm actually pulling some of these ideas. Uh, we had a conversation over in our forums about what this fifth race could be. And what if the idea of of the Glimmer isn't necessarily the race name? They're not called the Glimmer. What if Glimmer is the term used for time travel? Because we know this whole game, oh, wow. we know there is time travel in the game. So to right. come right out and say, I just time traveled. I mean, you can say that and people know what that is. But what <laughs> if the phrase in this universe is to, is to Glimmer? So, like, that's what this race is. They glimmered into this time to ta- attack us. So then the Traveler glimmered into our Earth mm-hmm. to bring forth the Golden Age of Mankind, you know, cause all that prior to whatever this race is glimmering in because he knew our destiny was that was going to happen and we have to change our destiny. And that's why the Traveler am came I, and that's where am, that comes from. Am I wrong in bringing up the idea of something that was brought up a while back, Mark? I believe you and Watts pointed it out about a robot that does that type of temporary time traveling. What was that? That was the Vex. Okay, that was the Vex. Okay, so that's something different. Okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, there is time travel. And to Glimmer is just the idea of, like, beam me up, Scotty. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, and then, then, you know, I was even, like, getting to the point we were talking in the forums about maybe this race – has the ability to to do that, or when they glimmer, they're like kind of transporting, right? So you're fighting this race that's able to suddenly be in front of you and then jump behind you, you Ooh. know? So it's just this crazy way to fight these guys. They're like jumping all over the place, and you can't, you know, that you're just constantly on your toes fighting them. Which again, this is crazy speculation, so don't. Yeah, you know, that was but, awesome though. That but awesome. you know, it's we don't know anything about this race. All we know is they fly these pyramid ships. That's it. 
that are scary looking. Why aren't they telling uh, so, us anything about it? Why keep that a secret right now? That's a mystery. That because that keeps it so hot. I mean, because and then when they finally reveal them, and then they and then speculation is true that you can't just fight them alone. You have to have your guardian buddies with you. So if they're behind you, the guardian buddy behind you can blow his freaking head off. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Or when they reveal yeah. it, and I'm just completely wrong. <laughs> I think I think that's what's probably. Gonna I think yeah something. yeah that's yeah. that's true. Yep. Our ideas are the that's best canon. though. We have the best ideas, and they're listening to the show. And so these ideas aren't. <laughs> we'll be in the game. Okay. Oh, I think Staten actually mentioned that. Joseph Staten mentioned that in the chat about how you know you write something, and then once it kind of gets out there, and you hear all these ideas that other people have, and you realize how much better they are than your yeah, own right. ideas. Like he, I forget what he was talking about, but he mentioned that. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, so, exactly right. I don't know. I mean, do you guys think that we may? I mean, we we're just talking about E3. Do you think we'll see what this fifth race is at E3? Or, or are they planning on keeping this a secret for as long as possible? Uh, I don't know. I think it depends on when the game is released. Um, yes. It's yes. Kind, of, kind of important because if it's, I think it's exactly what you said, Turk, and it's very important one way or another, this race. Like whatever they are, it's very important to the game. And if they release it at E3 this year, and the game doesn't come out for Christmas season till next year, there's something that they want to keep secret, and the reason why they're keeping it a secret. Right. We're speculating on what it is. So, uh, I think once we get a release date, maybe they'll maybe they'll tell us that at E3. I don't know. Um, we'll get a little bit more detail on that. Yeah. We'll you see. know. Just, I mean, if there's just one more race that they haven't mentioned, how surprising and how ooh, uh, awesome can it really be for them to just announce then for them to announce it at E3 or afterwards? I mean, like Chris said, you know, it's going to be definitely indicative of when the game's going to come out. We believe the game's going to come out in 2014. If they announce the race later or right before launch, it's almost like, well, it depends on how significant that race is, you know, and I believe our speculations are great because. They have to be something of of of, of it have to be something worthwhile. If they're anything equivalent to what we already know, I don't believe that's very that that very that that exciting. I really don't. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to introduce another race that's like, oh, here's another race, the Fallen, but it's just a different name and look different, and <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, yeah. great. That's okay, why. That's that. why, okay. dude. They gotta be the piece. They gotta be the piece to something. That's what keeps making me think that. Like, yeah, because otherwise, it's yeah. just another race. I mean, what is it? But I mean, honestly, yeah. how great would it be if they were able to keep wraps on this thing and don't even say anything before launch? Like, make that be. We know nothing, nothing about this race at the games. That's launch. how they should do it. That's how they should. Do that's it. what that's they should do. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, would you say, Craig? Uh, that's my preference for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just want it all to be revealed in the game. Yeah. Walk up and say, "Oh my God! Did yeah. you see the new race? He had yeah. eight hands! Oh God! You know, something <laughs> you know, filthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would definitely be awesome if they're able to do that. But you know, this day and age, the internet and all that. Good luck with that, Bungie. If that's your uh, your course of action. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't didn't uh, Halo Three get uh, hacked? Like it was on the internet before. Oh, yeah. Release. I mean, that happens well. all the time. I don't think that happened with Destiny. People will die. <laughs> okay. Well, see, that's that the thing with Destiny. With yeah, game. with servers. See, that's the thing. I mean, this game, chances are you got to be online all the time when you play it. So they just say, okay, well, the servers are not. Hack it all you want. You can't get yeah. into it. Well, but I guess so. Yeah, if somebody's hacking it, they can tap into the code and see character yeah. models and all that stuff and kind of ruin it. But 
Hopefully it doesn't, because that would be very awesome, like you said, Craig, your preference of just letting the game dictate that. And again, you know, that then just adds that much more to the feeling of wanting to explore the world and dig into it and see that. I mean, just imagine, like, you know, on Mars, or not on Mars, on Moon, we keep talking about this Hellmouth, and there's this race that's down there. And he even mentioned, they said they can't talk about that, you know, this, this dark force that wants to, you know, take over Earth or whatever. And he said, oh, we can't talk about that now. Maybe that is that race. They've set up camp on our moon shortly near our planet, and that's where they're deploying their forces from or whatever. They've been in the schemes. uh, Yeah, you know, imagine not knowing anything about them actually going down into the Hellmouth like we described earlier, this big epic piece that you could spend tons and tons of time down there, and you know nothing about what's down there. Then it really makes it real. You know, it, it's not just a game that you're playing. It's it's that very scary, treacherous place, like Staten described. Uh, that would be yeah. perfect. I mean, that, that's yeah, what that, I want this game not. to be. Yes. So, all right. Well, let's move on to our email section that we like to call Messages from the City. Messages from the City. All right. So, remember, you can always email us at feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Or you can also send your questions over to us at Guardians of D on Twitter. So this first one comes to us from Kingpin, and he says, In the fourth episode, you guys talked about alternate mission DLC for Destiny. My question is, if they do have that DLC, then wouldn't that make the game more of a pay-to-win game due to the experience or gear you would receive during the DLC? Um, And then he goes on, he says another question. He says, The idea of all social hubs being third person and all the adventuring being first person, do you think the transition between the two modes will require something like a loading screen? Or would there be a trigger point activate when you leave the social hubs that places you into first person? Personally, I think that a loading screen would really cut up the feel, but they could. That could be the only way it could work successfully. The closest comparison I can think of is how Hellgate London constructed their social hubs. I don't know if any of you have played that game. Anyways, love the uh-huh. podcast. Keep up the awesome work. So let's go back to his first question about the DLC. Do we think if they make alternate mission DLC... Would it make the game a pay-to-win game due to the experience or gear you'll get during that DLC? That's a very good question. I mean, does do, uh, Watts, do expansions in World of Warcraft make it then pay-to-win? No, you know, but like if I, if I don't get an expansion, then am I not going to well, win the game? No, well, or get it, more toys. it depends on how you want it, but I know from going from... Uh, Burning Crusade to was it Lich King? Yeah, that's what it was. Burning Crusade to Lich King, and I spoke with uh, our game buddy Dickens about it. It's like we had all this awesome gear from Burning Crusade, which took forever. Once the expansion came out, like regular items were better than our other gear. Oh, so, and and that it, you know what I'm talking about, Craig, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and, th- and that's what it is. I it's not pay to win. It's just. It's just an expansion of the game, which means that some I like if you're level fifty, and they raise level cap to fifty five, mm. level f- regular fifty one items theoretically should be better than your level fifty items. Yeah, right. So I guess if you consider that pay to win, but I don't consider that pain to win. I consider that pain to expand the game, which right. theoretically would be it's making. I mean, it doesn't even seem like this is a game that you can win. I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. 
I mean, that's what yeah. I was going to say. I mean, if it's cosmetic stuff that you're getting and it's just more the appearance of things, then no. I, don't, I mean, that, that's not pay to win. But if it's to the level of you're getting a certain weapon that then can carry over into multiplayer that somehow gives you an advantage, oh, which Bungie that. would never do that. But if that's yeah. the case, then then maybe. But that yeah. Bungie, there's no way in hell they're going to do that. Like, that's not... Mm. I wouldn't yeah. think so. I mean, Activision may want them to do that, but <laughs> Bungie's not going to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what about the idea of social hubs? Um, I mean, we we do know now that social hubs are going to be third person. Um, do you think that transition between the two? He just wants to know. Do you think it'll require a loading yeah. screen, or will there be like you know, a trigger point that does it? Because he feels it'll break the game up if we have these loading screens. Not at all. It, it, I, it won't. And I don't believe that they're going to make it a rigid experience from going from a first person to the third person perspective. I believe it's all going to be seamless uh, with some cinematic flair to make every, inc- or every like, as you walk into this new uh, experience, very seamless but very inviting. You know, I think it's going to be very lush and very beautiful when you walk into this marketplace and you can mingle with other guardians and you can shop and do whatever else we've kind of speculated on in that. I don't believe that will break it up at all. I, I do believe it's going to be no different than, you know, just going out traversing Earth and then coming back and walking in. Just a perspective will change. I don't believe they're going to cut it up and make it like a rigid experience. And if they do, I don't really believe that for me personally it's going to be a big problem. But it's good that Bungie knows that that might be a problem for many. But that's a really small, no disrespect, but it seems like a very minute issue. You know what I mean? Because how much time am I going to truly spend in this world? Well, I should say universe. How much time am I truly going to spend in the social hub as opposed to the universe and going out doing my thing? I will spend a lot of time in the social social hub, uh, you know, as far as times, you know, a couple hours here or there. But most of my time is going to be spent, you know, traversing this vast universe. So I think they're going to make it just as – I think they will make it just as inviting and engaging and credible. Uh, but I like the third-person perspective of that. That's yeah. I mean, cool, dude. Man. Even though, even I mean, let's even expand it out to the loading times of the planets, different locations. You know, what's that going to look like? Personally, I think it, it may potentially be an issue on current-gen consoles. You know, I mean, if we're hearing about this, I and mean, we talk right, about sorry. Umbra and how that's going to create these massive expanses and all that. I mean, this game is going to be pushing current-gen to its limits. You know, that may be yes, something that if you I play agree. Xbox 360 or PS3, you may have issues with that. Where I can see PS4 and whatever the next Xbox is going to end up being, you know, the, w- yeah. the way we've heard Sony talk about the PS4, this thing loads fast. You know, that yes. it is almost seamless when you're doing things that you may not really experience very minimal, if not any at all, load times, you know, when you're jumping around. So, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of interesting to so, you're saying, Mark, that it might, you're saying it might have everything to do with the platform current right next year. i think the platform yeah loading with the platform yeah. itself i mean the, the whole idea behind that umbra technology is that they're loading things that are that you might see right right they're sort of just yep. out of right. the field of view uh-huh. so i think if, if that's true then the the social hubs could sort of be loaded if you're if you're close to them and be ready right. to i don't know I, I thought that technology sounded pretty cool and maybe would help this issue some. So. Yeah, I, I think that, and you know what, that's probably why they brought it on, was to exactly help that issue and, you know, make it where you can feel like you're walking across this large expanse and uh, never have it broken up. You know, I mean, think of, um, 
you know, any any open world game that you play, whenever you're you hit that loading screen, it just breaks your immersion. So you it know, does. it seems like it Bungie does. by bringing in that Umbra tried to stop that and don't want players to be taken out of that. So it's kind of cool mm-hmm. they're very proactive in trying to counter that. Um, next one comes to us from Zach, and he says, "Hey guys, I know all this will come late, but I just want to get this out there." First off, I will love to try every class, though I will be using the Titan the most. I love being on the front line in combat, laying waste to the enemy. But what I really want to say, actually a question, what do you think the cap will be in having players in a party or communicating with them? Will Destiny be more squad-based, or do you think it will also tailor to larger groups like platoons or even companies? I also wanted to ask about ships. Do you think there will be in-atmosphere combat? And if so... Could you potentially call on a buddy to bring down the rain if he's still circling above? <laughs> so, wow. let's go back well. to the party and communicating. Mm, did they, I want to say for some reason, parties, we've heard six? That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, we've party heard that six. before, a party of six. Um, and, but that's kind of, kind of in-game going through the world itself, not necessarily like a multiplayer side of things. So we don't really know what that's going to be like. Um, yeah. I hope it's more. I mean, you know, I, I hope you have those six people that you can, let's say, be in a party with that you can directly chat through your microphone with. Um, but I right. still hope even if you have that six, you can still see other people in the world, you know, come across those random encounters. Because if not, you know, I mean, six is a good number, but, you know, then it, it, it makes the world not feel as alive. Yeah, it's tiny in what... Yeah. Should yeah. be this massive epic universe, yeah. right? Destiny, right. Destiny's coming out for PC, right? No, well, Not they yet. haven't said yes or no. They haven't said Not yes or no. I believe it will. I believe it will. I think so. I believe yeah. It will. Well, if it, the only the only problem is is like uh, a good example is Battlefield is mm-hmm. on oh, PlayStation Three and Xbox. It's the max. Game cap is 32, so it's 16 out 16. But on computer, since it's you could better handle it with a better system, the max is 64, 32 on 32. Right. So, wow. and and the thing with, I think if it does come out with PC, the it might still be six, but you have things that run in the background, which I use for other MMOs or even shooters, is like uh, Mumble or Ventrilo or TeamSpeak. To where you could have thirty to one hundred fifty people, if you want, with all have their right. talking and your own voice chat. That's not part of the game, but it still could still run without it. So I think the limiting factor of how big the party is is actually what system it is. So like with Xbox, it might be six, but if you have an Xbox Live party, it might be. I don't know what I don't even know what the max <laughs> is on that, but you could have a lot what more. So, yeah, yeah. What is the yeah. max on an Xbox Live party? I don't know. I'm gonna say for some reason eight pops into my head, but I think it's more than yeah. that. It's got to be more than that. Ha- Wait, what? I mean, Mark has Bungie confirmed that it's going to be only six in a in a in a company? Where I mean, even Craig was saying that. Like the, I that sounds where I've seen small. six somewhere. Yeah, but I can't remember where I saw it. <laughs> yeah, that was early six, on. Like early on, they were talking about that somewhere. Dreams. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm envisioning playing with. Uh, five other players, okay, but we're in this world where we're fighting the enemy and then what, how, how is that going to be? Is it going to be uh, another group of other Guardians that we can see 
we could be next to killing the main enemy, but we can't really communicate. I mean, well, what I'm it, thinking, man, it, is it's probably more of like the and lines of communication. Even, kind of, well, yeah, and even to kind of equate it to just an MMO. I mean, an MMO is you can party up. There's usually a cap, and you you have like shared experience points. Let's say so. Even I mean, think Borderlands. Like you go out there, you have four guys. Everybody kind of shares oh. in that experience. In Destiny, you may come across another group of four guys, but like we're all those four people that you're with or those other three people that you're with, the experience points, the loot and all that is specific for you guys that you come across. Gotcha. And even though you're fighting alongside those other people, it's still, you're not really per se grouped up, which, you know, and then even when it goes out to even the communication aspect, you can maybe do emotes, which are an MMO. So you can wave to the other people. You can like people do an MMOs dance That's right. That's in front cool. of the other people, like stupid stuff like that, but you're not actually right. in a chatting party. You're not able to, right. Um, right. That's not so bad. That's not know. so bad then. Yeah. If it if it can feel, I mean, just like in the game Journey, you know, you really can't communicate with the person with actual language other than bar bar or whatever that sound is. You know. Yeah. But if if you're if 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 it's like that, where you know you don't have to have communication to really communicate, you can kind of you know maneuver in certain ways in which other people from a different group mm -hmm. that you can't talk to will you know kind of ally alliance up with you and do certain things. I would like that as well. But six just seems like a small number regardless. I hope it's larger. On next-gen consoles, come on. Give us at least 12, 24, something. All right, now what about uh, in-atmosphere combat, ship combat? Do you think that'll see, be in the I, game? I, I think they – well, I would say it has to be because when you said the whole – you know, when the, the, the question was raining down hell or whatever, I'm paraphrasing it, from above, I thought about the game 514, you know, with the whole EVE experience. But I don't think this is going to be like that. I think – what it, but it could be, you know, it could be where, you know, an, an alliance or group get together. They have some type of Death Star that can hit a certain location, boom, and blow it up. But I think that's just later DLC type of content. But, yeah, they would have to be. I mean, a game at this this scale, you know, uh, so sophisticated enemies, you know, everybody's, you know, racing to the stars to get from location to location. I, I do see a traffic jam happening from planet to planet, and you get, there could be some... <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, there, there could be some, some, some road rage, you know, if you want to call it that. And you know, you know what, man? I think that's what I want to see at E three. Show me where the ships come into play, because I mean, they've right, yeah. it's been stated that we will have customizable ships. Mm -hmm. Can we actually get in those ships and fly them? Like, show me that, and that would answer this question. Like, will we be able to be on the surface? get in our ship and then it cuts to the behind the ship off. camera shot and yeah you take off and you literally fly away can i do that or is it the mass effect where okay i'm gonna go get in my ship you get in and then Relay. you see the animation yeah. and then suddenly you're standing on the bridge of the ship yeah. and you're not doing yeah. anything you know you're not i'm like, assuming you can I'm, I'm assuming this thing is like halo 4 when you are in the air and you're having that aerial combat that that's what i'm envisioning you know yeah. something that's better than that but I'm envisioning that. I wouldn't I mean, mind in Reach, the whole... They did it in Reach. There was, you know, the whole... Sorry, it was Reach. reach. Not yeah, Halo reach. 4, Reach. That's what I meant, Reach. But exactly. they did it in Halo 4. You can fly in Halo 4. Yeah, that little one. There was a short yeah. one, but... Very, like, much. last yeah. mission. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. But I was referring really to Reach, that whole aerial combat, and then getting past that to a planet landing. You know, if the introduction is like... I thought Mass Effect did a great job of it, you know, but I would love to... Uh, actually be in control of it as I'm getting closer and closer and closer to the atmosphere and then maybe, yeah. maybe the game takes over and whatever we land and voila but yeah I, I we're assuming that we are flying though Mark right we're, we're I'm assuming I think, well, yeah. I hope, the, or, yeah. that's what I want 
I hope that's what it is. Well, they have pictures yeah. of hangers and stuff like that, which are housing all this stuff, so you have to assume exactly. they're able to man them. But if they make this whole game of like all this awesome stuff you can do, but they make it where your player can't jump, I'm going to kill something. <laughs> I know that's right, Chris. <laughs> I hate games where you can't jump. It's so stupid. <laughs> You'll be able to jump. No, I know that. I know that. What What's up? I... He said, "Do they make games said. like that anymore?" <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. They bet oh, man, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Mass Effect can jump, right? Yes, you could. Couldn't you? No, nah, you could you roll. You could tumble. But the game was so awesome, they could get away with it. Yeah. Let's see. The next yeah. question comes to us from Aldo. And, Derek, this one, I think you know the answer to this one. He said, could mm. you talk about the size of the maps in Destiny? I'm curious about them. <laughs> I've been thinking of maps being as big as Skyrim. But could you give Time's us clues 20. in the Guardian Radio? Yeah. Let me answer that question. <clears throat> the size of Destiny, the maps will be 20 times the size of Skyrim. Okay. <laughs> Updating the wiki. <laughs> Yes. How do I know that? I had a dream. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I hope it's going to be large. It has to be larger than Skyrim, right? I mean, when I say larger than Skyrim, I mean, we're talking the solar system people. Dude, okay. I hope we're each not... planet is the size of Skyrim. You know? Like, right. that's what I yeah, want. Right. I want to land right. on the moon and then have a map the size of Skyrim. And I want to land on Mars and have a map the size of Skyrim. Like, that's what I want in this game. Give me that. Areas that are right. just massive on these planets, so there's so many nooks and crannies to explore. That's what I'm hoping, but obviously we don't know. But they showed us some tools at GDC, hearing about you know uh, the Umbra, the Grognock. These engines that they're building are could potentially allow for these huge maps. So mm. as of right now, although we don't know, but you know I think the tools yeah. that they have could help definitely help them go in that right direction to create these just huge, huge maps. Derek, um, Derek, you said 20 times as big as Skyrim? I said 20 times, but not just uh, one location. I think correct. 25. I'm going 25. 25. Oh, right. Okay, oh. I'm updating the wiki. Yes, my man. It's 25. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, if we're doing prices right, I'll go with the one times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one dollar. One times. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Next one is from Chaos Leader. And he says, hey, guys, I listen to Guardian Radio every week so far, and I was listening, and I kept wondering, will certain classes be able to use certain weapons only made for that class, or will all classes be able to use all the weapons, just use them differently? An example, only hunters can use sniper rifles or can use a sniper rifle as a titan in a warlock. Just wondering your opinions on this. Um, and then he says, in addition, when Destiny comes out, will you continue to just talk about what's in development? Or will you be sort of a city broadcast of all the current events happening in the world of Destiny? Like, tell us when the tides of the war are turning and in the whose favor are they turned in. Oh. Just a couple of thoughts about that. Thank you guys for all the information, and I will continue to be a faithful listener. So thank Great you, Chaos question. Leader, for that. And yes, first up, let's go to the question about the weapons. Do we think have that only be. certain classes will, will be able to use certain weapons? Have to. They have to. No. They have to. That, no, Yes, Derek, they no. I'm sorry. They, no, they, they, no, they said no. from the beginning. All right, listen. They said from the beginning that it's going to be where anyone can play. Type of okay, thing. that's fine. And, and yeah, that's fine. So when, let's say I I am a dude that loves sniping, so I'm like Craig, and I pick Titan. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a Titan sniper. This is going to be awesome. It's like, oh, sorry, Titans don't use snipers because they're just big brutes and they're too dumb to shoot down the thing. No, I don't think it's going to be like that. 
I think it's okay. going to be where the Titan can use a sniper, but his skills are going to be a little bit different than what the Hunter would use for a sniper, or even the Warlock, where um, a it's Titan not as might have a sniper. Right. No, it, it, it's effective, but in a different sense, to where it might cause a more bleed effect or something like that, to where well, they can still use it, but it's going to be uh, used differently than the Hunter or even the Warlock. But I, I think if they go for the route where, like, oh, a Titan can't use could use a sniper, but he doesn't get any benefit from it, so theoretically he's not, why use it? You know what I'm saying? I think they well, made yeah, it to... I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I believe every class should be able to do the same things, but there should be a unique attribute contributed to that class yeah. to make it that to make it attractive, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, well, it's attractive. I think every weapon should be attractive per class. Like but there needs to be something unique other than just their appearance. Like when I see the, um, I think it's the Titan. Okay, he looks so dope, cyborg like. Like wow. Like it'll be cool if he was the only one that had like some type of limited jet propulsion, like Bubba Fett, or he could float up, like to gain, for example, to gain uh, 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 more of a, of a upper vertical advantage to snipe. He could use his backpack to fly up there where everybody else has to run around and just kind of climb something. I mean, I would think it should have something like that. But, yes, they all kind of have the same weapons. But at the same time, I think there should be a difference as well, too, with weapons. You know, as a Titan, he should be able to have something that's, you know, within the makeup of his, you know, augments to just maybe cut you a certain way that's special to that class. I just think there should be some uniqueness to it. I thought, I don't think there should be. We all have primary weapons, secondary weapons, and a sidearm, and we use them all the same. They just look differently. The scopes yeah. look different because we're different classes. I don't. I don't buy that. I think it should have that, but there should be beyond that more, more of an extension to why they are a titan. I mean, if that's the case, yeah, like, I agree. With it that. doesn't. Give, you know what I mean? It doesn't give them a true uniqueness. So to the person asking the question, I really hope there are similarities. Because I see myself playing through this game as one character, then coming back, going through it again. But I don't want to be without the ability to snipe. I don't want to be without the ability to use my Yeah, they rifle. can't. I mean, dude, yeah, that's on the same terrible. level of what Chris was just talking about, about not being able to jump. Like, there's just narratively, that just wouldn't yeah. make sense. Why Why can't a Titan pick up a sniper rifle? There, you know, there's. Exactly. You, I can't I logically think of that unless the guy has no hands. He's going to use a sniper rifle differently from a hunter. Like, a hunter's going to use precision. But, uh... A Titan might be able to, I don't know, fire three times faster. I right. Don't know, See, something. that makes sense. Exactly. But he can still exactly. use it. But he can still use it. They can't like yeah, lock right. him out. Like there are some right. games that just right. straight up lock right. you out of weapons. That's like, not you just, cool. You just can't use that's it. Not that's not cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That just yeah. that's not cool. not cool. Nope. Not cool. <laughs> um, and then what about his next question? Talking about us, Guardian Radio. He goes, when it comes out, will we just talk about what's in development, or will it be sort of a city broadcast of all the current events? happening in the world of destiny well, well i think Mark, we've asked ourselves I, 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 this question many times <laughs> what are we gonna do Dude, right we have but no, no but i mean really that's the exciting times i mean this show is going to completely evolve when the yes. game comes out and, and even leading up to when the game comes out i mean as more information comes out obviously we're going to be chatting about that but i mean what we look forward or at least what i look forward to what the show is going to be once the game releases is not only our own personal experiences in game but I want the community to send us their experiences because if this world is really as living and breathing as Bungie says, uh, we're going to have some awesome stuff to talk about just with ridiculous. that alone. But then also even like tips, you know, like certain, you know, we keep hearing about how treacherous it may be to go into some of these dungeons. All right. Well, this week we're chatting about the Hellmouth on Moon. 
you go down there to get Thorn or, or whatever. That's on Mars, I think, when you go into uh, you know the exclusion zone. We're going to talk about things like that. When you're yeah. going into this dungeon, here's one of the best ways to do it. Here's how people are doing it. You know, if you could even talk about the game that way, like we don't even know yet. You know, if this world yeah. is constantly changing and evolving, we may not be able to even do that. Like, like you can with other games. You know, there may not yeah. be a best way to attack. Like a, a lot, a lot of the show, a lot of the show now is just speculation and including what the show is going to be. Is exactly. Speculation. <laughs> speculating yeah. about what yeah. our show is going to be about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, ultimately, though, I, I believe ultimately we we have to position ourselves to be the guardian radio show radio show within the walls of the great city. Yep. Truly, and, well, that's where I am. I'm you know, sitting inside the city. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, you are. Yeah. I'm that's where you are currently. That's city, right? You know. Yep. So, I mean, once all of these guardians, you know, are running out and doing their things and coming back, you know, you're going to have those commoners within the marketplace that are going to be listening to these guardians and their great exploits. And then of course, as those exploits turn into legends, those things are going to get written down and then ran into the city and then sent over to, you know, our, our dispatch club. It's going to, you know, bring it up to the headquarters and then we're going to get wind of those stories. And then that's going to all be a part of the show, Mark. No Lots doubt. You're right. Greg. That, right. Those things are going to be a part of the show. So, you know, we, I see us highlighting, uh, people's endeavors and what they did by themselves, how they took out, like, wow, this person took out this amazing mini boss and killed, you know, so many different uh, vexes. It was just amazing. We, I want to talk about those things as well as our exploits, you know, that, yeah. that are going to be just amazing and things to marvel over because I'm going to be so ridiculous, of course. But if this world can be as living and breathing as they say it is, and there will be current events that we can report on i hope there you know i hope we can do that i hope maybe these faction yeah. wars are something that everybody playing destiny knows what's going on in these faction wars everybody knows what's happening if that's something we can talk about every week that'll be fantastic you know like that'll be cool as yeah. heck or if there's in-game events we're going to chat about that and then kind of like where you know derek was going with that is we want <laughs> stories from the community we want to chat about it again there may be many random things that happen in this game and we want to push it out to everybody. And then, of course, yeah. I mean, our topic segment, you know, you know, one week we may be chatting about playing an Exo Warlock. And the next week we're talking about talk, playing a Exo Titan. You know, we'll break those things down every week as we get closer to the game. And then especially once the game comes out, we actually have hands on. Um, but, you know, we're always listening to your feedback. So always send us your emails like you just did, Chaos, you know, yeah. feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Tell us what you want the show to be. Because this show is yours. You know, we're doing this for the Destiny community. So this show is going to evolve over time and become what you guys want it to be. So, yeah, um, yeah we're glad everybody's with us, too. Uh, we have one more, one more email to get to. And this comes from Mr. Chesnut. And he says, well, I could get into all my thoughts here, but I thought I'd just pose the question. Do you think persistent territorial acquisition will be part of the game? And if so, how do you think it will be implemented? <laughs> Also, if it does become part of the game, will the factions be fighting over the different territories belonging to the humans? Or will it be a race to see which faction can take the territories first and hold them? I could see this being a cool... Or I could see this as being a cool idea to implement into Destiny, but I'm still struggling to see if it's even a possibility that it can be added. Looking forward to your responses. Now, Craig, this kind of goes back to what we talked about a couple hours ago on this episode about... Yeah having this multiplayer thing where it's kind of this territory grab. So Yeah, it's like one big game of Halo uh, land grab or something, which 
wasn't ever my my favorite objective game type. So yeah, doesn't uh, isn't Planicide two kind of like that? Isn't that how that works? I mean, yeah, I think it is a little bit, but yep. I think it's like you have these bases in these areas on these planets. You pick one of three factions, and you go for it, and everybody's just fighting yeah. over these areas and these constant epic struggles to take over this area. Um, yeah, you know, I, I it makes sense. I think. Yeah. You know, in, in this game, especially if you have different races and that out there. I mean, unfortunately, only having three races. I mean, I guess Planet Side 2 is doing that. But then right. in the same sense, you want the Awoken fighting the humans when in the narrative of the story, they're all on the same side. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe it'll be uh, more inside of the faction, just like with the, the races of the enemies to where it's a... Uh... Uh, whatever you call it, like um, the Cabal are fighting the Fallen for Mars, so that's how it's always changing the story. And when once they take that over, that opens up new dungeons or instances or even multiplayer maps. Like you can't play a Mars multiplayer map because the Fallen have gotten that one, so the the territories could be changed or the situations could be changed. That might be the new flexible thing where the AI are of the races are programmed to where it'd be, I guess, constantly change or constantly battling. So it, yeah. it could be like a multiplayer with factions for, I guess the people, but I guess you could always write in anything you want to make multiplayer, I guess, work if you want it, where it's awoken verse humans versus EXO. But yeah. Yeah. Well, Craig, see- you mentioned, what was that last week? Yeah, it must have been last week that you mentioned that, and I think you briefly hinted on it earlier about resources and how. I mean, we know there are, I think, what five or six factions in the game. I mean, we saw Jason Jones in the PlayStation Four Vidac like wearing um, one of those faction T-shirts. Um, but I think that would be neat if somehow maybe not necessarily the crafting system, but there's something in the game where resources become key, and that's right. what that faction battle is over like yes of course it's over a territory but it's what literally is in that territory that when you align yourself with a faction if another faction has that area you don't have access to you know fill in the blank whatever that resource is you know you can't get it so you have to fight to get that area back so really it's not even a race fighting you know it's not like the awoken fight in the humans it's all three races, but basically aligned with their different factions fighting over. And, you know, maybe those factions represent like, I don't know, businesses within the world of destiny, you know, like, like almost like uh borderlands with manufacturers of the weapons, something similar, right. similar to that. And you have to fight for these resources. And if, unless you can take the area, you can't utilize it. Like that right. would be cool. You know, and that could limit your travels even in single player. Like, I can't, I can't get enough gas for my spaceship because I can't buy it from my faction leader or my faction supplier because we're stuck in a heated battle over whatever base on Mars. And we have to go in and take that base over to be able to get that. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Or, or let's say there was a hydroelectric plant and you had tides and you'd want to go at high tide or something, you know, to... <laughs> Make sure you capture the most, uh, you know, I don't know, something. Oh, Craig. Only you would think of that, dude, but that is awesome. Really, right? (laughs) That is awesome. Oh, Oh, man. So Hydroelectric plant. (laughs) Very, very cool, yeah. That is. So, 
Yeah, thanks for the emails, guys. Again, if you have any emails, send it into the show, feedback at theguardiansofdestiny.com, and we'll get you involved here on the show and you know give you a shout-out and all that. So I guess that's it, guys. Let's wrap it up. Yet another episode in the books. We're clocking in at, Jesus, over two and a half hours, a little bit more than that. Um, sure. You know, As always, check out our website, theguardiansofdestiny.com. Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, at Guardians of D. And like we've said before, we have some great forums up and running. Awesome discussion happening over there. Be sure to go over there and join in. And a lot of the speculation that we're chatting about here on the show is bleeding into the forums. And we have a great community over there. And everybody is just speculating like crazy. So definitely hop in over there. Um, And, of course, if you're listening to the show on iTunes, hook us up with a review, rating over there, and keep us on the front page of the Games and Hobby section. We really appreciate that. And uh, I do know people are actually finding the show through iTunes um, and not just through our community spotlight or just through the the site. People have found the show through iTunes, which is kind of awesome. So, you know, they're seeing the Destiny logo there on the page. So um, that would help us out a lot. And I want to welcome Drew, Drew Freeman. He's one of our new writers um, here on the site, and he wrote a nice little article about Destiny's Endgame. So go check that out. Check that out on the website um, and read about him kind of speculating about what Destiny's Endgame could possibly be and look forward to more articles coming from Drew very, very soon. So, guys, anything else you want to throw out here at the end? Um, I mean, this has been an epic, an epic show of epic proportions. I'm sure E3 mm-hmm. show is going to be even longer. Um, that, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> what do you guys, uh, what do you want to throw out here at the end? Anything? Um, uh, what do you I'm got? Jumping for joy. Uh, <laughs> jumping I think I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm going to play a warlock. I think warlock? I officially made that decision. Warlock. I normally would roll Titan, but if anyone really cares, I'm going to play a warlock. Hmm. I made that decision. The decision that, is made. That's this week. Decision's you, you got. You got like it'll a change. Yeah, it'll change. It might change. Once he sees, <laughs> once he sees that Titan in action, he's gonna be a Titan. Yeah. Oh Watts, as God, soon as I yeah. saw that, like video footage of the Titan, I'm like, that's Watts. Watts always plays those characters. Yeah. Always. Every time. Like Guild War- uh, yeah, Guild Wars Two. I actually, you know what? The funny thing is, I always play healers. I always. That's true. You do healers. play healers too. And now, I starting to roll big. Tanky dudes. It's your beard. Your beard's influencing you. Oh man, I know. It's like my shield. It's like I can't it go is. battle without a. Yeah. Like you're not gonna go in battle without a shield sword. It's like why would I go out in public without a beard? <laughs> it's, a, it's the same mentality. <laughs> to be honest. So, all right. Well, with that, let's wrap this one up. Um, and you know, again, Bungie, the calls out to you, man. Give us some more stuff. I know we have a article up on IGN. Hopefully, we'll have another mail sack this week. So, hopefully, we'll be coming to you guys again next week. So, with that, five hours next week. Yeah. <laughs> with that, we'll catch you next episode.